I played some broken side, it left me dead inside, I'm searching for a way to make it stop. Angelic to the core, I just can't take no more, searching for a way to make it stop. And I voted for Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Stoppies? Season four! We're back. We are back, and we're back with the song parodies at the beginning of every episode. Mike yeah. wanted to Well, bring case back. by case. We'll see. Case by case. It, it depends on like um, how embarrassing it's going to be for me to do it in front of the guest, I think. That's... <laughs> I think this one I was fine with. I'm like everyone loves a good Neil Young impression. So oh yeah, totally, but totally. I don't know if I if I if we're doing another Broken Side album. I don't think I'm gonna shriek. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna put the guest through that. I think we will. I think okay, we will. Maybe we because will. you know yeah, what? What else do we have? Maybe you'll force me to. Maybe I have no choice. Maybe you don't have a choice. Maybe we're living in the darkest era of 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 humanity, and you know we're all going out anyway. So we might as well go out with the with the yeah. broken side screech. We might as well debase ourselves. Yes, you know because correct. It's, yeah, because yeah. it's nothing matters. So Mike. welcome, Stoppies, to another incredible, brutal, terrible, hilarious season of. Make it stop. Bad music. Good times. I'm Heather Mack. I'm Mike Dunn. I don't even want to say good times anymore. It's like bad. It's good times on this show, but it's bad times out there, guys. Like, it is bad. It's so bad. It gets worse. It's crushing. Um, And uh, I will just take this quick moment to plug, you know, vote for the not fascist. Can we do that? Can we do that? We do that. Not the fascist. Not the white supremacist. Let's just do that. Okay? That's all. I just wanted to get that out there. Out at the top of the hour before we get into introducing our guests and, you know, all of that. We're going to be talking about Neil Young today, everybody. And that is our season opener because really, uh, I would say the big reason why we're starting with this episode is because of our fucking guests. Our guests today are absolutely incredible. Our fucking guests. They're (laughs) fucking right now, actually. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I've had worse. <laughs> well, what's worse is it like Zoom fucking? Is that a thing? Like cy- like it is now through Zoom. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like chat roulette, but like role playing chat roulette. Oh, you know. <laughs> no, it's like let's imagine that we're on chat roulette, and I'll be the unsuspecting woman, and you be the guy jerking off. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's Zoom sex, right? God, that's a hot. I mean, that's my kink. Is this the right podcast? <laughs> I don't yeah, think so. make it stop. <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> Um, no, seriously, we have preeminent Neil Young scholars. I'm going to say scholars. Oh, boy. Wow. I might even say professors, masters, <laughs> so to speak, um, of Neil education. We have Mike Shu and Luke Condon from the Long May You Young podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, Woo-hoo. on our show today. Hey. hey. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Oh, man. Fucking Neil. Neil. Yeah. Fucking Neil. <laughs> or in this uh, case, fucking Neil, man. Yeah, that's our thing. You can say like Neil will make you say fucking Neil, man. That was amazing. Or it's like fucking Neil, man. What the fuck? 
And that, I think it's the latter in this case, right? Yeah, I'm unfortunately. Just make it stop podcast. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. we are a podcast where we only discuss terrible music, and we knew that we wanted to do Neil Young. We it had been on our list for a while, and we had gone around, and we were like, hmm, you know, of the '80s, Neil Young, which we'll talk about the you know the eras of Neil, I'm sure, and get into depth about that. The but Geffen era. The Geffen era. Mm -hmm. The excuse me, I would like a refund era. Um, <laughs> would we had trans? Uh, as an option, so trans being um, his like electronic album. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, kinda. He, Crowd it was rock. Kind of a, it was <laughs> yes. a mix. It was a mixed bag. He was heavily influenced by Kraftwerk at yeah. that time and by uh, treatments he was going through with his son. I believe at that time it was Ben. Yeah, uh, his son non, had non-oral, so he he they were trying to figure out a way to communicate. So. Part of that album comes out of devices he was trying to invent to communicate with his son, you know. But if you didn't know any of that backstory, you'd be like, fucking Neil, man. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing. I don't want to make fun of, you know, the 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 attempts of a of a do of love a, a loving father to be able to communicate with his son with cerebral palsy. That doesn't really get you know, get my juices right, flowing right, in the same right. way. So, you know, we nixed that one. So um, although it is bad, right? Would you say it's bad? Is it bad? Uh, you know, I, I used to really hate it over the years, though, after knowing the story and listening to it some more. Some of it's pretty interesting. I guess in hindsight, it's very interesting what he was trying to do at that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. It's, no, so, it's so very Neil, though. Yeah, know? but here, here's what's happening right now. And I'll explain it because Mike is suffering from the same thing I am. I feel like I have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. like yes oh we Stockholm know all syndrome, about that where i've been listening to pretty much nothing but neil young since may or june mm -hmm. and so even going into this album my head was like no this is bad no but my heart was like you know what like yeah but no we, there yeah. are people on the street you know people. like <laughs> people on the street the homeless, man the homeless where do they go yeah. Oh my God. Well, so, okay. Imagine if that was the case, except only the music you listened to, it wasn't all Neil Young, but it was all terrible albums. Like we oh, end up man. doing that with music that right, has yeah, no true. business for it. Like we're like, yeah. oh, I all of a sudden love the millionaires. Like that's not, that's not good we're, music. We both have become juggalos over the course yeah, of the show. Yeah, we decided we liked ICP. We were like, uh -huh. yeah. It, hey, you got to be knows? down with the clown so you're dead in the ground. <laughs> I'm no juggaho. <laughs> <laughs> Much clown love. Yes, we <laughs> legitimately became jugglers over the course of this. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Four seasons, and now four seasons of the show. So we totally understand that. Um, and there's always a balance between trying to, you know, see any glimmer of hope in something, and also being completely nealistic about it, so to oh. speak. <laughs> oh, oh no! Well, well you guys all. First terrible pun of the season, folks. Oh, just, Luke's on, so you just wait. Uh -huh. you oh yeah. Jokes. Yeah. Well, you got you guys. See, like some of the the albums you do, I know you even re you reference it a lot. You referenced it in your Neil parody, but like Angelic to the Core, have you ever? It, it's so bad that you almost can't stop. Like oh. when when I first started listening to the Feld Dog, I I got pretty hooked, and I like caught myself like, yeah, you know what? Like song kind of fucking slaps. I don't know. <laughs> there, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. 
I really liked Ooh. Lickety Splickety. I, I still like Lickety Splickety. I, I think I got in an actual almost like fisticuffs with my uh, yeah, dad over Heather, Lickety Splickety. If we were not over Zoom, she would have hit me. I might have. I might have. Um, it's awesome. true. So, okay. So we, we chose, we didn't do trans. And then the other one that I had thrown out to Mike was... Uh, everybody's rockin', which is his rockabilly album, where he was kind of just saying "fuck you," which it seems like Neil Young says "fuck you" a lot. Neil yeah, Young really is good at it. Yeah, really yeah. ready to just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Fuck your, he's fuck not your day afraid. Up. He's not afraid to piss anybody off. What was the thing, Luke? He said. He said sometimes when people like what I do, I like that. But when people don't like what I do, I also like that. Yeah. I really love aggravating people. I believe that's a direct quote from Neil Young. Well, you're welcome, Mr. Young. (laughs) Consider us fully aggravated. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think think the thing with Neil is he, like, he got probably shitty reviews, like, right off the bat. And he just probably conditioned himself to be like, I don't give a shit. And then when he started getting good feedback and good reviews for Harvest, I think he hated that even more. And then ironically with this album, <laughs> I don't know if you guys looked it up, like some like Rolling Stone gave it a good review. Yeah, but fuck Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rolling Stone when gave... When was Rolling Stone last yeah. relevant? Like the late they 70s gave Make or Believe by Weezer four and a half stars yeah, too. Yeah, fuck that, so. dude. Sorry. <laughs> so everybody's rocking. Did you guys... So Mike was just like, you know what? No. What we well, need I, that's, I said, I, I actually like that album. Is that going to be a problem for a podcast that likes to shit all over albums? You were like, oh, yeah, you can defend it. And I was like, okay, I'll be ready for that. But and then I was also like, actually, it will be a problem. So as the scholars here, as the professors, what is the worst Neil Young album? And Mike said, resoundingly, Landing on Water. Yeah, he's not wrong. I think this is... At, I haven't listened to every Neil Young album. I've listened to most of them, but this is Can we by revoke far the your worst. podcast license that's very hard to get, by the way? All of us it is. I worked really hard licenses. for my podcast license. You are kicked off the Pantheon podcast <laughs> Damn it. Over. Your membership is revoked. Tried but no, spoken. I agree with Mike. This is uh this is by far the worst, I think. Yeah. So yeah. The thing with Neil though, it's hard to know when he's doing it on purpose. Right. And then he always chalks it up to either I was experimenting or I was taking on a character. Yeah. Like he, he always gives you the, oh, take the hook out. You know, it's like, well, you spent like a million dollars on an album and you put it out there and toward, when's the joke? Like, when's the, <laughs> Where's the punchline? Right, I'm exactly, the punchline. You know? I'm Although, being punched. <laughs> you, know, you look at stuff like he's done, like Human High, like the movie Human Highway. Right. You know, he just kind of does it. And it's so fucking whacked out. And yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, I did it. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. I can make a movie. So, so does he know? fancy himself like a like an Andy Kaufman type? Like Or retroactively Andy Kaufman yeah, type, just, where like after the reaction he gets to say that it was a performance? Because that's the thing, is I don't think you get to do both. I don't think you get to say, I love when people hate me. And then also like if you hate me, it was actually a performance art piece that you didn't get. You know what I mean? Like, can you do that? Does that work? Yeah, I I don't know. He <laughs> I don't think that he's like, as far as his music goes, he's, he's Andy Kaufman, like maybe some stuff he does on stage, like with his live show. Like we just did a, a show on, on uh, the Russ never sleeps film. And it's like, is he trying to make a statement here or is he just throwing out, throwing that shit out there to fuck with people? 
just the, we'll throw some Jawas on stage. Yeah. You know, and see what people read into it, you know, yeah, and just have fun, you know. Yeah. What if uh, right after Pocahontas, we have someone come out and just hit a giant tuning fork? Right. What if yeah. we did that? I, yeah. I think he just throws, I think he just has a thought and is like, this would be interesting to me. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. That's what the great, that's why we love Neil Young so much is because, yeah. you know, at one point he can in, inspire you and elevate you with his, his art. And then in the very next turn, he'll just fucking shit all over you. Any kind <laughs> of fucking respect you had for him or inspiration or whatever. But like, we're so, that's why we love him because right. the, the really good stuff is so just great. And it just, it's, it's just fantastic. So we just fall in love. It's like the, you know, it's like the cheerleader who dumps the captain of the football team to go out with you and then like dumps you and goes back out. But then she comes back to you. You know, it's just. It sounds very just, personal, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I was a fucking dick to her. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like the, the, the good stuff. It'll, it'll kind of hold you over when big thorny turds like landing on water come out <laughs> sure you know and so say, okay well this sucked out but the, hopefully the next album will be as great as you know something like tonight's the night or something like that yeah yeah so what you guys is like history with neil young you know obviously you do a podcast about him i assume you're big fans uh how did you get into neil young because we're never fucking posers. I, I've never heard of him before the podcast. Luke's yeah, like, me neither. Like, oh, this Neil Young guy, he's pretty good. Well, I was—I thought we were going to do a Neil Diamond podcast, and then yeah. when you said Neil Young, I was very confused. It was the old bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, when I was like 16, I think. Um, when we were I, in I, the womb. Right, exactly. When you guys were just a, an idea. Um, <laughs> the sparkle in my so father's sorry. eye. Sorry, I'll, I'll right. cut that out. I'm just being a dick. No, that's all right. Um, uh, so it's like... You know, I knew the songs they played on the radio at that time. You know, I've heard Heart of Gold and Cinnamon Girl. and uh, But I was tooling through the radio one day, and I came in the middle of Down by the River. And, you know, at that time, I was really into metal and hardcore, and I was getting into alternative stuff, and I was really big on SST bands and stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, what is this? This is like, you know, this is really raw. And I, so I waited and it was in the middle of one of the guitar solos, which, you know, on that particular recording, uh, it's just super raw, it's live. And then they start singing. I'm like, oh my God, well, you can't mistake who that, that's fucking Neil Young. Yeah. And I was just captivated. And I went out, bought that album. Everybody knows this is nowhere. And then from there, I just kind of really got into them. And then that whole, and that was at around the time this album came out. So I was in, I was listening to that. I was listening to Nights the Night. You know, I got live rust and I'm like, Neil's fucking amazing. And then this album came out and I put it on and I was just like, this is horrible. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> happened between live rust? It's not a lot of time between live rust and, yeah. and you know, and it was just so, but uh, I just, I love that about Neil. It's, it's not just uh, the, the music, but it's also that real solid fuck you attitude. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, Harvest, it sold 10 million copies and it's like, oh, you want me to make another Harvest? Well, you know, fuck that. I'm going to fucking make an album with trash cans and barking dogs. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fucking ruin your fucking image of me and your newfound fandom. And I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to make a movie out of it and maybe, you know, invent an electric car and call it Fuck Your Dreams. <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about Neil too. So it's not just the music, but that, that boldness of just doing whatever the fuck you want to do and, and doing what, like a lot of times he's, he pays for it himself. You know, he pays for like making his own films. He, he pays for 
taking a band somewhere or bringing in other musicians and he'll pay that money himself just to have that independence. So yeah. I, I'd love that about him too. Nice. I wish I I wish I had a similar story where I fell in love like with from with a guitar solo, but it I mean just I make it up. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I, I just tell you Mike's story word for word exactly <laughs> what he said. <laughs> no, I um you know I I didn't I in high school I knew Neil for the song Old Man and that was it and uh, I was too busy listening to dashboard confessional and Pedro the Lion nonstop. So hell yeah, um, but but uh. Then when I, after high school, yeah, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> but Let the, the stoppies know we all shook our heads. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. you didn't want to join in, but you were all, you were all on board. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, so after high school, I started pumping gas and uh, there was an incredible sound system at the gas station I was working at, but the, the, my boss had three CDs and I don't remember one of them, but the other two was Dylan's blood on the tracks and then Neil's decade. And that was three CDs so that it, in this like five disc changer, like it was three fifths Neil Young. So I'm like, yeah, oh, whatever, I'll put this on. And I'm like, this guy is way more than the song old man. This, this guy fucking rules. So I started listening to him a little more, getting into him, but I don't think I really appreciated Neil till I started playing music and then my band started covering um, Neil song like down by the river, Alabama or my, my, Hey, Hey. And then you, when you, I don't know, there's just nothing like, there's just no songs like Neil Young songs when you're playing them. I don't know. Good I can't, ones. I, I can't Good explain ones. it. Good yeah. Ones. No, absolutely. No landing on water tracks on your uh, playlist. Uh, Not yet, but way to the world. I'm yeah, trying to, trying to work it in. Dream. Come on. World, 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 world. <laughs> that one. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, I'll do the backup vocals. World. No spoilers, but I think there's a couple worthy tracks maybe on this album. I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll okay. see you later. We'll see. I think you know there's always a couple gems on almost every Make It Stop album. Heather doesn't always agree. She's the heavy of the show, as we say. <laughs> I'm the bad cop. Except all cops are bastards. But if I were a cop, and I'm the lickety splickety apologist. <laughs> And the new and metal enthusiast. I love new metal, and uh, I liked the Methods of Mayhem album a little bit. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> exactly! I'm sorry, what okay, can I say? Okay, Mike Shue, by Fuck. the way, if Mike Shue was saying that, I just want to make it very clear, because those, those of you who do not know, Mike Shue uh, was a presence in our childhood and adolescence uh, as a longtime radio host, like over 20 years that you were a host on WAAF yeah, till the very years. end. Mike mm -hmm. Shue, I would say Mike Shue is partially responsible for me loving new metal. Thank you. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Give me some bands. What is what is new metal? Because my cousin oh. has been talking about new metal quite a bit. Are we talking like the biscuit? Are we talking yeah. uh, what? Okay. No, oh, the yeah. biscuit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. The biscuit. Yeah, the, that's, that's a new big metal. one. The Corn. Yeah. You know. uh, okay. Yeah, I was a freak on Lincoln Park. That's Deftones is on the end. Deftones is new metal. God smack. You can't cut them out of the conversation just because they, they're good. They evolved beyond that, I think, yes, as their album progressed. They they, their albums, to me, the Deftones became much better album by album. But those first few Deftones albums, definitely, you know, I mean, Corn is probably the best Korn. example of of new metal. Yeah, that was yeah. Seventh, grade, I would say invented new metal. I seventh think. grade me with my Jenko jeans and my threaded belt that I flopped over. Mm -hmm. I fucking got into follow the leader hard. Oh yeah, That's same. What Big I'm same. saying. So, and would you fuck with it today? 
Oh, hell yeah. I actually have. I think I think last week I put on chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. <laughs> right. Shit. Hell yes. Well, yeah. see, you know what? It, my, I rest my case. Okay. Anyway. Heather, how did you, uh, what, what's your relationship to Neil Young, Heather? I am a fucking poser. <laughs> I have absolutely very little relationship to Neil Young. I'm embarrassed. I know he's iconic. And so I actually spent some time before I listened to this album really going into the rest of his discography. Uh, because I was like, I know I need to know this. Like this, this is important. This is foundational, and I'm a fucking poser. Like I need to figure it out. And I realized obviously that I knew a lot of Neil Young. You know, I knew a lot of um, his songs uh, without knowing that it was him. And I knew the iconic like tenor. You know, that vocal style. I was like, oh, this is Neil Young. Oh, this is Neil Young. Oh, this is Neil. Young. You know what I mean? So I, I realized that I had kind of grown up with it ab- absorbed around me, but I was not like, I don't know. My parents didn't play Neil Young, so I didn't get into Neil Young. You know, I got into fucking pop punk. So for me <laughs> sneering at you for Dashboard, like I have nothing, I have no legs to stand on. I got into pop punk and ska. So, oh, don't you Ugh. fuck. Luke, Luke and his brother Russ spent a good portion of our, I think, the live Rust episode shitting on Ska because Can Neil does a reggae breakdown in Powderfinger. No, and uh, Cortez the Killer. Yeah. And I fucking absolutely hate it. And then it got into a Ska discussion and how much they fucking hated Ska. Okay, I no. assumed this pod, the podcast Make It Stop was about Ska music. Hell yeah. Okay, All right, listen. Anti-Ska faction. Oh my God, right get now. out of you know, here. You, you know what this podcast could use? A lot of horns. <laughs> okay come on the specials the English. i know i love that stuff you know what about him. what about toots and the maytals rest in peace mm. how yeah. about fucking Toots prince Ever. buster how about fucking let me guess they all had songs that went like this no. No, that's third wave i'm not here defending third wave although i could defend third wave but i'm saying that were you into like, 90s swing too <laughs> Because it's the same you know thing. What? Fuck off, dude. I, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Dude, I this drew is great. a line. We got to start a regular segment on the show just called Riling Up Heather with Scott Talk. <laughs> also, Scott was like original fucking anti-racist, fucking anti-classist music. Yeah. It has extreme working class roots. The history of Scott is fucking badass as fuck. I'm sorry. It's a combination of punk and reggae. It's dope. It's cool. Luke. Fuck off. I got to yeah. give you context. Luke, I have been hating on Scott as much as possible. He- Heather's just hit the breaking point now but i by all means i mean this, this, I, is, my, this is some of my favorite shit um let's uh me. let's start a side podcast we'll start we'll start to one just called ska sucks and the other one will be called defending new metal <laughs> yeah the scott cast and shut the fuck up um, I'm gonna start the Scodcast with Mike, who will yeah, appreciate gonna, it. We're gonna start a rival Scodcast about how Scott's bad. No, yeah. I, oh, think, I like that. We'll I see like who that gets a lot. more listeners. I hate this so much. I hate this so much. Yeah. Anyway, point anyway, uh, my mom likes Neil Young. She had Harvest, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Harvest, I, uh, uh, Harvest was the album that Neil Young. People that weren't Neil Young fans, that's the album that they had because yeah. that's how huge that album was. It, it crossed a lot of uh, different genres and stuff like that yeah yeah my mom was big into harvest she was big into after the gold rush and uh she would play him a lot but it was the kind of thing where you know it because she liked it i didn't really get into it until later in life uh same thing with like Joni mitchell and phoebe snow and like everything else she liked it i was like fuck this in high school your mom sounds uh, like she's awesome yeah my mom's pretty awesome yeah (laughs) um 
But yeah, no, later on, and especially after he finally put his stuff back on Spotify, uh, I started listening to some of the deeper cuts, you know, on the beach and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't really dived in. I've only, I still only heard, I think, like, you know, maybe five Neil Young albums before this, you know, Harvest, After the Gold Rush, On the Beach, Russ Never Sleeps, and maybe that's it. Those um, are good ones, though. Yeah, those are great yeah. ones. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you just had those, that's pretty <laughs> and, awesome. And I didn't find, if, like, totally finish before I got, you know, sidetracked by my ska defense, which was that <laughs> I did listen to a lot of this shit and fucking, I loved it. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. this is fucking really incredible music. Like, the storytelling, the political, like, un, you know, aspects, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, because he supported Reagan, but he was, you know, also, <laughs> you know, very much a working class hero, very much talking about, like, like Southern man, obviously, like, was very uh important um politically and like so you know socio-politically at that time and you know just calling shit out i appreciate the shit out of that like i really like the songwriting and you know southern man and sweet home alabama uh you know skinnerd and and neil young firing shots at each other through their songs yeah that's like uh an early example of like the culture wars uh, yeah of like uh the, i mean the culture wars but also uh, you know that that wasn't really that much of a thing and it's a big thing in, in rap now like mm. i feel like you know for every you know if you're if you're if you're into uh back to back you know the the whole meek mill versus drake thing that went off like you got to give you got to go back to to neil <laughs> ronnie versus neil ronnie, ronnie versus neil because yeah. that's where it all started yeah so landing on water yeah. 1986 Neil Young's first album released after settling out of court, the lawsuit uh, brought against him by his record label because they didn't like the music he was making. They said Mm -hmm. it was non-commercial and uncharacteristic. They sued him for three point something million dollars in (laughs) 80s dollars, which I haven't done the conversion on, but I'm assuming that's at least double now. Um, And Neil Young sued them back. Yep. Uh, for 20 something million dollars saying that he you know promised artistic freedom um and so this was his first album after that whole debacle uh this is you know i, I believe it was uh recorded during the while that lawsuit was still going on am i mistaken uh, it certainly it like, sounds like it it was right after they settled right after they settled he's he went but is that when studio. it released or when they recorded I think they they went in to record it right after they settled. Okay. Yeah, so this was his he, victory lap, essentially. No, this, I believe, was the exact opposite. This was his concession <laughs> to David uh... Geffen. See, I think that was, I don't, I have, I tried to look it up and I didn't see it anywhere, but I, you know, this whole process with these songs started two years earlier with Crazy Horse and they just couldn't make it work. And then they tried to go to... The record plant i think or the power station in new york city to record it and that was like a hit making factory and neil thought that he could get some magic there and that didn't work either it failed miserably and it left everybody with bad vibes about the whole thing and then the lawsuit happened and uh and then at that point neil gave up on rock and roll and decided to be a country artist and made Old Ways, which is like a oh, full-on Nashville right. country album. And he was like saying that rock and roll was dead. And that's when the whole the Reagan stuff happened. So he was supporting Reagan. 
He was yeah, supporting. He was saying Jimmy Jimmy Carter was a wimp. He didn't deal with the Iranians the way Reagan sh- was, and he he said some really like terrible anti-gay things because uh, you know that was like part of this whole Midwest family values thing he was on. He was saying, Neil did. Yeah, this is Neil. I didn't know it, any of this. Yeah, this is bumming me yeah. out. <laughs> Jimmy McDonough wrote a great book about Neil called Shaky, and it's and I haven't the, hit that chapter yet. Some of the quotes are are that he said about like people with AIDS and things like that, oh and people on welfare. Like yeah. welfare was a bad system. I've and seen he, that one. He was kind of so going gross. with this whole middle America redneck country conservative thing Ugh. while this lawsuit was going on, and that was part of that. Fuck you, David Geffen. You you want me to fucking make a commercial record? Okay. And then he was he kind of said, I'm never gonna make a rock album again. Because I'll wow. just keep making country albums and David <clears throat> Geffen won't be able to go through with his lawsuit because it'll be characteristic characteristic music of Neil Young. Yeah. That Wait, he, he so he supported artist. Reagan to say fuck you, David Geffen, or because he was a piece of shit. Like that's right. the thing is I, I gotta a, we gotta talk point, about this because this is a big yeah. part of our show, is that we we do talk about like you know, the the underlying, like, sociopolitical, like, dynamics of the artists and, like, their political values and, like, what they fucking say about shit because it's partially, it's not just about bad music, but it's about bad culture. Yeah. And, like, I... A lot so, of that in the 80s. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't think Neil's a bad person. I think he may maybe went through a bad... 80s phase i thought everyone in the 80s just voted for reagan and did coke i thought that was just what the 80s was <laughs> about that's a fair that's a fair uh no but assessment, luke yeah but i i don't think i agree but i mean i mean look at well, look at sorry i think he was doing it to just say fuck you to david geffen i think this was like kind of what you said heather he he said all this stuff and he supported reagan and everything because it, it just pissed off David Geffen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is, he had yeah. done the, in the past, was this all part of his, like, thing of, like, you know, I won't be what you want me to be, uh, you know, his, his fuck you to whatever you expect me to be thing. I'll be you a know, homophobe. He was known as, you know, Neil Young, four dead in Ohio. Like, you know, he was right. right. He was on the whole other side of the aisle throughout yeah. the 70s. Uh, explicitly with his lyrics, you know, explicitly with his feud with uh, uh, Leonard with Leonard Skinner, yeah. and then to pivot in the '80s. I wonder how much of it is. I mean, I think, I think what's it was like performative. I think it's cl- I think it's clear that he he maybe probably never had very strong political inclinations either way. Um, that's that's kind of my I theory. That. I don't know about that. I disagree. Really. Yeah. yeah. He's made his political views very clear, if not in his music, then just in statements he's made to the press. Um, you know, what really set him off was the whole Iranian hostage thing. And you guys are familiar with that, right? The, right. Argo? So when, yeah. yeah. Yes, so that movie? When, uh, oh, yes. that Ben Affleck movie. Featuring yeah. our, our, yeah, our, yeah, right. our fortunate yeah. son, Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> he was really angry about that. Like, he, he thought that, you know, the government wasn't taking enough action and that America was taking one on the chin there. Also, he's Canadian, my dude, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, can we not just anymore. Put... That, oh, not, not, 2020. 2020 He moved to the U.S. just to vote for Bernie Sanders. That's right. <laughs> okay, and, so then we... So, yeah. So, I love him. He put it so <laughs> much. This is, this is what blows my mind. This makes sense. Is that, you know, uh, is, is he went hard for Reagan and then pivoted... At, to like, Bernie? Bush, H.W. Bush was a bridge too far for him. Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the difference? 
He didn't like the Dana Carvey impression, probably, I think, was, was the big thing. I think the difference was he settled out of court with Geffen Records. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That may have been the difference. I and really I, you know, like this theory here. This, yeah. It I, makes me I, feel I, a lot better about Neil Young, I'll tell you what. Because this isn't the first time Neil has, has like immersed himself in a style of music or a character. I mean, we, Luke, we talked about Tonight's the Night yeah. and Waterface, which yeah. is this kind of sleazy rock and roll character. He wore, he dressed the part, he wore Elvis, those gold sunglasses Elvis wore and like, a seersucker suit. And like Florida kinda, nightclub owner kind of. Yeah, he was kind of like this, the Florida cheesy, sleazy Florida nightclub owner character. Yeah. And the shows were kind of set up like that. And that was like his like his art project for tonight's the night, the album and the tour. And that was just part of him dealing with a lot of tragedy in his life. Yeah. Uh, he was also drinking wine glasses full of tequila and snorting a massive amounts of Coke and, <laughs> and the honey slides, the, the fucking weed, the buds of weed fried yeah. honey and, and all that stuff. And he was just out of his fucking mind, but he's done this before and mm -hmm. he's gone out of his way. Like we said earlier to, piss off any established fan base that he's had. He always said that, you know, people start expecting stuff from me, then they think they figured me out and that I don't want that. So yeah. it may be part of that too. Cause at that point he's, you're talking like what, um, you know, like a 15 year career, solo career at that point where he's been doing that swinging this pendulum back and forth. But I really think that a lot of it had to do like he Geffen said, I want you to make a rock record. And he came out like, with old. Okay. I'll go to Nashville and I'll hire all the greatest country artists and session people. I'll make a full-on country album. Mm. I'll go full-on conservative middle. Or I'll American. make a rockabilly album and call right, it everybody's exactly. rocking because right. you right. want to rock and roll. The band will be the shocking pinks and you know, it's yeah. anything David Geffen wanted, he just threw it back in his face. But in fairness, Geffen said he could have artistic freedom. And Geffen gave him a million dollars for each. But also, isn't that I, is so is Neil Young like the ultimate fucking troll? Like, is that what it is? I don't like, think so. I don't know. I, 80s, I, I like 80s what Neil I'm saying. I'm saying this yeah. era of Neil Young because I will. I, I'm just gonna quote him. So he was talking about when he put out "Everybody's Rocking." So he said, "When I made albums like "Everybody's Rocking" and everyone takes the shit out of them, I knew they could do that. What am I stupid? Did people really think I put that out thinking it was the greatest fucking thing I'd ever recorded? Obviously, I'm aware it's not. Plus, it was a way of further destroying what I'd already set up. So so that uh, is what brings up the idea of him being like, you know, trolling. Is he trolling the industry? Is he trolling America? Is he trolling himself? I don't know. Is he just trolling David Geffen? Maybe. Maybe. I, I just don't know right. if it's just David Geffen. It seems like there's some war inside of him. Which... Yeah. It seems like he's got an ax to grind with anyone who thinks they can nail him down exactly. in any way. That's nail the him down? way of putting it. Kneel him yeah. down. Yes. Yeah, you can't so, kneel him down. So sorry, guys. It's what he did after the success of Harvest. So he came out before Harvest. He was just kind of like, he was almost like an underground artist. Harvest came out, had those huge radio hits and like Old Man and Heart of Gold. And he got all this newfound fame and newfound attention from the industry and all that went with it, the pressure to follow it up and everything. Yeah. And then what he did was he went on the road didn't play, hardly played any of those songs live and just played a bunch of new stuff. And that's the next album he made. It was all live 
new songs he played in front of a hostile audience that just wanted to hear Heart of Gold. Wow. So he is the ultimate troll. Come on. So I think we've talked about Neil Young and the context of this album for about 45 minutes. So maybe we should get into the music itself. (laughs) uh, Perhaps. Do we have to? I mean, can't we end on a good note? (laughs) Just pivot and talk about Harvest instead. Um, We could, but that's not what this show is about. So how do you guys do this to yourselves every week? How do you how do you do That's why we take the summer off so that I can have. Mark. Like you teacher, know. you deal with those little bastards all <laughs> all fall and winter and spring, and then you need that summer off so you could decompress. Exactly, right? exactly. completely yep. correct. Yep. So we're fresh, we're ready, yep. we're fresh for the slaughter, um, and we're landing on water here. Um, so the album, mercifully, is only ten songs and forty. It's still too long. <laughs> we'll just say that it's forty minutes long, but it's not like Lulu or something. So, you hey, know. I like Lulu. Are you Ooh. fucking kidding me, dude? That was just me. Um. Okay, so we're going to start here with uh, Weight of the World, which is the first song on this album. So uh, that production is so painfully 80s. That is what like every, I worked in adult contemporary, like hot AC radio in the 80s. And every song from Paula Abdul to George Michael, all that stuff had that massive Phil Collins drum sound (laughs) and the horrible sampling. And uh, I love that part with the guy, they just whoever it is just samples. Like in the like every other beat. World, just, world, 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 yeah, world. You know, it's just oh my god. It's just jarring. It's just like unexpectedly jarring. Especially so the episode, the Neil album that we're covering next is an album called Hawks and Doves, which is this kind of softer sound, like very acoustic, like yeah, just a organic. really fucking good album. And so well, that's that's what those are your words. Yeah, it's, all right, all right, all right. Well, I, I, I really like Hawks and Doves. Anyway, but so I've been listening to that a lot, and then I'm like, all right, so we're going to do Landing on Water for Make It Stop, and it's just like, it's just a bummer. <laughs> this is the intro. This is the opening yeah. song, dude. The mixing, as you mentioned, is terrible. Oh, it but gets like, so loud in the bridge. You have the, like, the boom 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 flip it baby town flip yeah. it right boom boom all boom, the, boom all the bass on this album is fake it's all it, synthesizer bass which is, is like, and you it's and you so can tell. annoying because the guy's the guy has the pick of any musicians he wants and he's had he's had like great musicians playing his records and like it's danny korchmar it's that guy he you know, they. I, that's why I say this is that album. He probably told David Geffen, "You want a commercial rock album? I'll get the biggest commercial producer at the time." And it's Danny Korchmar. He he was the master of this fucking awful '80s sound. He produced uh, Don Henley's "Age of Innocence" Ugh. and that's you know, all. "Boys you of just Summer" end with Don Henley. The right, end all of that sentence. stuff. And like, um, 
you know, he, he produced like, I think all the Don Henley albums. So mm. he's probably like, well, Don, he could make hit albums with Don Henley. I bet he could do some wonders with my I want music. the boys of summer guy on my right, team. Yeah, exactly. And that right. was, you know, that was like a huge radio hit. And Don Henley's from that whole Laurel Canyon scene, Fuck. you know, yeah. and uh, it's just, it's so, there's no bass player. What really bums me out is he has Steve Jordan playing the drums. He's a great musician and a great producer on his own, but he makes his drums sounds so fake the drum, yeah. the drums well it sounds like he just chopped them up on I, I th it sounds like he took live drums and fed them through a sequencer that's uh, like, exactly what he did and it he, sounds um, like he didn't really quantize it very well either it's they're off. a little bit off yeah, yeah. well they're so fucking loud you know yeah. it's the, it's that that was the thing in the in the 80s at that time the drums had to be fucking all the way up front it's like yeah. Saint Anger Snare on this whole <laughs> fucking album, dude. I think the Saint Anger Snare sounds better. It does on this album. It and, sounds at least it sounds like a drum. At yeah. least, it, right? Least as opposed drum, to a trash yeah. can cover. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing here? I don't know if I agree that the uh, Saint Anger Snare sounds like a drum. It sounds I, like an oil drum, perhaps. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think what you get when, you know, this part of the 80s, um, there's this explosion of new technology in music. You've got the Fairlight synthesizer and all these sequencers and different electronic instruments coming out and everyone wants to play with them. And some people, you know, it's also new that like some people wield them well. Some people like learn the craft, you know, Prince with the Minneapolis sound, yep. Kate Bush, uh, Peter Gabriel, like there were people yep. in the 80s like making a meal of this new technology and like really owning it and like redefining the, the the sounds of the time but then like i feel like uh some people especially people who came up in the more organic era of the 60s and 70s uh you know the more uh analog um sounds of that time you know, everyone tried to get a piece of this, and everyone everyone had their like, let's try to do the eighty sound album, and and someone like Neil, uh, just really does not know how to wield that weapon, and it really shows yeah. on this album. It's like giving a five year old a knife and being like, all right, make a ratatouille. It's like, know, like all of us in, in the nineties giving a five year old a knife and just throwing him behind the drums <laughs> and using the knife as the right, drum. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Drumstick. Yeah, I was thinking, I mean, to extend that metaphor, it's like GeoCities, you know, when everyone could make a website and, and every, you know, you had the websites that were just entirely fucking rotating glitter text, like exploding in your face. You know what I mean? Because you could, you could do that. That's all you, that's all you needed. That's so you've seen my angel fire page? Um... <laughs> my corn fan page? <laughs> Yeah, we all had them. We all had them. But yeah, uh, just because technology exists doesn't mean you need to, you know, it's not like using it is bad, but but pressing all the buttons at once and just, you know, hoping for the yeah. best, that's trash. Especially yeah. for somebody who's curated his sound so much. You know what I right. mean? Right. Well, I, I, at the time... He was so immersed in the Synclavier. Are you guys familiar with it? Was no. Like the first, it was one of the first Sounds digital um, sampling devices. And he was totally obsessed with it. And he, was, that's, he used it on trans. And he was like constantly tinkering with it and trying to make sounds with it. And 
So I guess that played a huge part in this. And then when Danny Fishbone's like theremin era, like when. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Very good. Wow. Fishbone fan. I'm a huge Fishbone fan because I value ska as an art form. Yeah. Way too ska for me. Don't pigeonhole Fishbone as a ska band though. They're not though. I do like Fishbone. I I wouldn't. I've never heard of them. Five bands in the This conversation. Guaranteed I'll never listen to them now no. compared them to a ska band. Do us all a favor and just don't. All right, Luke? You don't deserve them. You don't deserve them. Yeah, you don't Go deserve Fishbone. Um, so I, I, now I totally forgot what I was saying. I'm you, so sorry. You're talking about the uh, particular uh, digital oh, uh, yeah. sampler. That yeah. You oh, yeah. So he, he was really – and then once this producer, Danny Korchmar, you know, showed him all this stuff. And then we got to kind of blame another guy, the engineer on the project named Nico Bolas, who we actually became really good friends with. And he helped produce the, a bunch of the following albums. Um, but he also showed him how to use all these, like you were saying, every possible effect and gadget in a studio. And like you, like you said, Heather, just because they're there doesn't mean you have to use them all. But Neil felt like that's kind of what Neil does as we explored on Long May You Young, is that he gets so immersed in something that, or so obsessed by something, he needs to he needs to go all the way with it. He and needs just to like the it. theremin to Fishbone, it's very alienating, and it doesn't actually right. necessarily like enhance your essential sound that brought people to you in the beginning. It's more of a distraction than an enhancement. I'm sure there are albums where it is an enhancement. You know what I mean? Where there are yeah. like new technologies and new strategies that like make it better. Yeah. But in this case, it just seems like a total distraction. I say this about a lot of albums we do. Um, I'm always saying, like, someone really needed to be there to, you know, try to talk him out of this, to try to talk some sense into him, to tell him no. Um, But it sounds like this particular era of Neil, there's no one in the world who could have convinced him not to do whatever he wanted to do. I I feel like because he's Neil, that would have only pushed him. De- like if someone tried that, we probably would have gotten three landing on waters. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't know. <laughs> exactly because if you if you tell him, it's just like all the people who, that believe in QAnon. If you're like, hey guys, maybe this isn't true. They're like, you're part of the cabal. <laughs> like- right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about um, <laughs> N- Nico Bolas. Uh, said that once he showed him and D- Danny Korchmar showed him how to do all this stuff, he took over and they were just basically engineers after that. Like Korchmar said that, you know, um, you could have had, like, hey, uh, no one said no. You could have had a, pro- yeah, you could have a professional wrestler in there and the album would have still come out the same. You know, it just doesn't matter because Neil was calling the shots, which is yeah. usually what he does on all his albums. What he needed was his longtime producer and instigator, David Briggs in there. Yeah. A couple of eight balls, uh, a dagger and a shotgun, you know, which was usually the case that kind of pushed Neil over the edge. But, and this was, that was something you were saying off mic was that perhaps he didn't have enough cocaine. Do you care to elaborate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a huge part in some of his finer moments, like Zuma. I'm sure Russ never sleeps. And, and of course, tonight's the night was a drug addled mess, but that's what made it beautiful. But, um, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe this was a time, like I said, he was pushing this family values thing and he was actually taking this anti drug stance. While he, uh, while he was Neil Young. Because he was supporting writer. Reagan. Right, exactly. The war on drugs. Just say no. That whole oh, friggin' thing. And so, Good call, yeah, Neil. Maybe, maybe that was the problem. Maybe there wasn't enough cocaine. Here, yeah. You know? You got to get the cocaine levels right. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is the total inverse of every other artist in the 80s. Like the story of basically every other artist in the 80s, though, right? 
I mean, every other bad album in the '80s was generally cocaine excess, right, whereas this exactly. was yeah. deficit. So much most bad decisions of the '80s were caused by cocaine. Mm-hmm. Most, like just, just most decisions it. in the '80s were caused by cocaine, <laughs> yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. It was kind of it was kind of just the, the the fuel running well, the motor of capitalism. I mean, I was like I was, vibe of cocaine is just feeling like everything you say and do is brilliant. So it's right. like it, it's perfect for bad music. Yeah. Sorry. Everyone was making their coke dreams come true. (laughs) I just, the thing that annoys me about this song and most 80s songs is that I feel like there are some songs on here that I I even don't even mind. I don't know. I don't, I don't hate the versions, but I feel like, like this, even the song Way to the World, it could be a great song. Mm -hmm. But I just, like, in the, because of the era, it just feels like he needs to make drill sounds or whatever the fuck is going on. I just hate that. You don't have to do that. This is a good song. Like this could be a great tune. There's just a lot of like weird. Then like the next song. I don't know if you you want to jump to the next one, but like oh, we will. When he's like, you know, what would be great about this song about me not being able to control my violent side? A boy's choir. Yes. You know, yes. Like, just my like, there's a lot exact of like, notes. Weird <laughs> meshings and right. I don't know. Yes, well, literally. Right. We which that's we a, should get. That's into. a good segue. We should probably segue into violent side. <laughs> Yeah, Our boy has demons, guys, and he's going to tell you about them in the least cool way ever. Enough, I'd say. I, I would say that's quite enough. Um, so this is why we think Neil Young is a time-traveling vampire. Yes. On Long May You Young, because he obviously traveled to 2012 and listened to a ton of Imagine Dragons. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna and then, say, and then went back and said, "This is a pretty good sound. I want to use this in in 1986. I know I could do. Geffen will love this." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, that is a great this and I will love that they hate right, this. Yes. <laughs> um that's a great point. I totally agree. Um I was commenting what really fucks me up about this album in general is how much it sounds like, you know, late aughts, early twenty tens in Detronica. I I I was hearing Passion Pit. Uh one oh, of the okay. Gr- uh, okay. One yeah. of the great shames of Massachusetts, Passion Pit. <laughs> I, you uh, know, I like some of their stuff. They're, they're all right. I, I'm probably one of the biggest also, Passion Pit haters. We you know, really I hate I, Imagine Dragons, and this yeah, does. I don't like Imagine Dragons. It's really fun. It, it does. It does sound like Imagine Dragons for sure. Imagine Dragons won uh, March Badness. Yeah. We decided they were worse than March Nickelback. Badness. They were. Eminem. Uh, and Pitbull. Pitbull and a bunch of other Hollywood at, Undead. Hollywood Undead. And uh, what was the Maroon other one? Five? Maroon Five, yeah, worst. Imagine all of Dragons those. was the worst of the bunch. Wow, that's we ultimately gave that's it to them because they were so soulless. Like it was just there was there was nary a conviction to be found. And at yeah. least with Neil Young, the conviction is fuck you. But the way that it's portrayed through the music is not fuck you. It's I'm gonna fucking phone in a department store Christmas choir oh. as the oh. fucking backing track to this song that's supposedly about me being so violent and I can't control myself because I'm so dangerous. You know what the fuck, yeah, to dude? A, to a, to it's a backing violent- track. 
It sounds like the fucking Thompson twins. Yeah. Honestly, but that's a gift. That's, that's being generous. It's just the, the drums and the fake percussion. And it's just fucking so, Howard Jones. Everything that was shitty about like 80s radio new wave. And mm-hmm. I heard a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just fucking awful. And it's all in that. If you listen just to the music part, it's all in there. It's like he just gathered it all, you know, and said, this is what they're playing on the radio. I'm going to use all of it. Exactly. And, and, you know, like, honestly, the most violent thing about the song is the cowbell, like, and, and how boring it is. It's 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 fake. It's fake cowbell. How can you get faker than that? The snare is very, the snare has kind of a dead tone and it's super loud. It's It's St. Anger snare. It is. Yeah, I mean... It is. Yeah. He sounds like he zoomed in his vocals. That's another right. reason. He was time traveling because he was using Zoom <laughs> right. to fucking... Um, yeah. Okay, well, I'm a little off, but it doesn't... <laughs> like, how do you make yourself sound so shitty when the, the one of the biggest things about you is kind of, you know, the clarity of your voice, is like the power of your tenor, of this unique, mm-hmm. you know, style of singing and and that your best music is like music where your your voice is front and center. Like that's, you know, and the storytelling is front and center. There's no fucking storytelling and there's no voice on this whole fucking album. It's trash. The yeah. only storytelling is is basically the next song where he's just being a petty bitch about like interactions he's had with other rock stars, which like <laughs> I appreciate that. At least there's some level of conviction. Like sometimes I get angry and I feel like punching someone. So I got to watch that. The end. Yeah, the end. Gotta watch out for that temper. I do wonder if this album is like a secret, you know, influence for a lot of for Imagine Dragons and all those types of bands. Because I know Trans is like a a low key influential album. It doesn't get talked about as one, but it 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 was a little bit. It was like a a new a new sound that I I think has been replicated a little bit more since since then. Definitely like listening to a lot of craft work then and mixing the Neil Young sound with that. Yeah, I can see how like uh, other bands would or artists would listen to that and be like, well, this is something different. And it definitely was something different. You got to give trans that at that time, you know, nothing else really sounded like it. But this besides craft work. Th- yeah, besides craft work. But this <laughs> sounded like everything else that was out there on the radio in the mid 80s. But like a poor execute, an even poorer execution of something that's already not really working, you know? Yeah. Like, and and from someone who it's so clearly not his lane. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is the like? Thing- it sounds natural when you hear these kind of synths and samples on like you know 1999. It doesn't sound nat the least bit natural to hear Neil Young using these these sounds and timbres and samples. It's just it's jarring. Yeah, like, is there anything to defend on this song? Like, this was probably my least favorite. Um, but I don't think I don't this know. was my least favorite. I I actually didn't hate the boys' choir part of it. <laughs> I think it was because it was so disturbing. And plus, those boys could sing. They got some pipes. I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I think I think we can move on to that one. Let's go right yeah. ahead. So this is where uh, Neil Young gets nice and petty. Um, and uh, we'll talk more about that in uh, just a moment. Here we go. Hippie dream. Was the tide I sailed? 
are the screaming sheets And the dusty trail Leads to blood in the street Decent guitar, I think, on the whole album. On the whole album, Neil, Neil's such a great guitar player. Yeah, it uh, really, the, yeah. the loud drums and all the other productions squash it down, and most of the other tunes. And this one, it kind of comes through a little more, which is all right. But it's it's happening. I'm starting to get one over a little oh bit boy. here. Oh, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. This happened with Neil's truly worst work wasn't with just by himself. It was with Stephen Stills. It was the Stills Young Band. Long may you run. That's a bad album, album. Which we took the we took the title from the best song on the album, which is a great song. But everything after that was just runny diarrhea. It's the album that birthed <laughs> yacht rock, pretty yeah. much. Ooh. Yacht rock rules. And also, Luke was like, yeah, I'm a yacht rock apologist. Well, Luke, after listening to it, he's like, you know what? I kind of like all these tunes. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, Luke. it's starting to happen, man. This oh boy, this song that that riff is great, and lyrically, this song fucking kicks ass. I'm yeah, sorry. Lyrically, no, lyrically, yeah, absolutely yes. the best song. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. He, he always liked taking digs at Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yep, and, that's 100% um, what this is, too. Oh, the wooden ships, they're yeah. capsized, you know, all the excess, if you know what I mean. He, yeah. You know, he, he has another song on uh, Rust Never Sleeps called Thrasher that totally tears them apart about being stagnant and boring and yeah. you know, being total, like, rock star excess and stuff like that. But then again, this is on an album where he's totally using his rock star excess, you know, and just... Uh, it's just, just it's very it hypocritical. In a hor- yeah, horrible way, but yeah, um, I do like the lyrics. The Only lyrics are great. Know. It's great. Yeah. He foresaw that the boomers would be a destructive uh, force for the world. <laughs> yep, uh, yeah. he did. He's a time traveling yeah. vampire. Yep, that's right. Be true. I do think when the song started, it started out bad. It started out sounding like '90s PC adventure game music. Yes, with some Grim Fandango oh, so you, stuff. Very cartoonish. I thought, I thought yeah. '80s '80s cop show. Yeah, that you know, oh, yeah, do, 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 you know, like or it's very Law and yes. Orderish. It's like almost it sounds exactly yeah, yeah. That bass, that bass is very much that. Well, this song was produced by Dick Wolf, I think. So <laughs> yeah, so this song, as we as we alluded to, but just to be explicit, this is a song about David Crosby. This is you know his his fucking fuck you, and I guess we all like this is the spectrum of fuck yous from from Neil Young, where you have the yeah. fuck you that's like, you know what? I like him being a petty bitch to fucking David Crosby. This is a great diss track, right? Like, it, it's effective, although I think he could have gone even farther. You know what I mean? Like, in, in at least in the composition of the song, it could have been harder, you know? But, um, and then you have the fuck you that turns into this album, so that's kind of not so right, great. Yeah. But I, oh, I have a little bit of um, trivia about the song. Um, okay. So it, apparently it was recorded in a Los Angeles studio room that was normally used to record jingles. The band's volume was too much for the small space, especially the drums, which were, resulted in a low-quality recording. So, oh, yeah. man. I love the way the drums sound in this song, though. They're so I like that they're loud. Uh, they're, the whole album, they're loud. They're too loud, dude. It drowns yeah. out the fucking voice. The whole point is that and his everything voice else, has to be the central component of these songs. I, I will say these first three songs, they're not great, but I can appreciate them a little bit after 
Hippie Dream, the album tanks pretty hard for me. I uh, Bad News Beat might be my least favorite song oh. of all time. Oh, it's very uh, bad. Which... So is does bad news do these songs only sound bad because we're listening to them on Spotify? Would they perhaps sound no. a lot no. better if we were listening to them on a Pono Flack player? You're well, Very we do charitable. actually, uh, Luke and I listen to a lot of his stuff on the Neil Young Archives. Fuck yeah, we do. An app, and that has the high resolution sound, which is pretty much what Pono is. Uh, you can um, switch it to that, and it really doesn't make a fucking difference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's sounds, no resolution that's going to make bad just, news beat okay. Uh, yeah, it just <laughs> makes it sound even worse. You realize how much shit's going on. You're just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> this, this song, though, is the album that made me question, is this whole album a joke? Like, it's that, like... Uh, this... This is a song know. that makes it seem like he's taking it seriously. No, no, he's talking about bad news. Oh, beat. bad news. Yeah, beat. bad news. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's Sorry. it's just so like fucking silly and annoying. I can't. I don't know. Like I I listen it's to like it. Pat at, Boone's metal album. Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, that album's also very funny. But that's what I'm saying. Like it almost seems yeah. like it's like a pastiche. It's like a. It's like a. You know. Right. I don't know. It's it's goofy. It's silly. Goofy. It's, it's yeah. yeah. Annoyingly goofy. Should we get to it? Should we I play guess bad we news beat? You know what? Just play the beginning. Play it from the beginning. All right. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll Just do that. the first thirty seconds is that's, so. It's that's so enough like, for me. <laughs> you know, eighties TV show. Right? Oh my God! It's How- it's like it's like Glass Tiger on a really terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> How many samples did he load into that drum machine? I'm hearing yeah. so many different. You know, like it sounds like he's in a in like an industrial kitchen. Yeah, like he's yeah. got like kitchen sink percussion. Right? He's like boop, 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 boop. I'm in a factory. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not. I can't blame David Geffen for being pissed. I can't. I know. There's like what? a squeaky swing set sound in there too. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's not right? melodic. That's not precaution. <laughs> it's literally none of the elements of music. You're just fucking throwing it in there because you fucking can. <sighs> this is yeah. why we need to kill our heroes. I love how he's a reporter covering his own crappy relationship. <laughs> well, nobody else cares. Right? So. Yeah. I'm on that bad news beat. Yeah. Oh. He's wearing his fedora with a little press pin on the front. Uh. <laughs> Handmade. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. The creepiest line in that tune is, should I try to make a date for a time when we can touch and feel? Yeah. That it's sounds odd. like something someone, like some older guy would message some young girl on Snapchat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when she didn't answer, be like, you bitch. You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you Fuck live. you, cunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know where mother. you live. 
fuck you, you're ugly. <laughs> yeah, you're fat, <laughs> ugly bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a fat, ugly bitch. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> fuck, fuck I you. I love being a woman in America. It's a blast. You know what? Next time you get next time you get one of those messages, Heather, just read it in Neil Young's voice. (laughs) You fucking cunt! (laughs) You're a cunt. I'm not doing nudes today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! My baby blocked me away. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is definitely one where he got so into using the studio tricks that he forgot, like, the end result should have been music. He forgot he was Neil Young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he was doing this to prove a fucking point, I think, which makes me even more angry. Like, I don't know if that makes it better. You know what I mean? Was, I think it makes me was, more pissed. He was either trying to say fuck you to David Geffen or he was legitimately trying to make a seriously commercial friendly radio album because he was losing tons of money at the time and Geffen stopped paying for his studio time. And he's the kind of artist that wherever he was, he would be like, I got some ideas, let's record them. And then the studio would be like, well, Geffen said they're not paying for this. So either you're going to pay for it or we're not recording at all. Oh wow! That puts that an really, interesting spin on this whole. Yeah, thing. that does. That's you know, it really affected him. Maybe there was this he, level of desperation because I can hear yeah. it. And he was losing a ton of money. <laughs> he he was like a car collector. He had to sell off a lot of his cars. Um, he had to like get rid of a lot of uh, like this old equipment he put up for auction and stuff because he was losing a ton of money because of but, this whole Geffen thing. This is really interesting. So he needed badly to make something that would be commercially successful. So he was trying to like you know, play music that uh, sounded like what was being played on the radio at the time, but he also needed to do it as quickly and cheaply as possible because Geffen wasn't paying for the studio anymore. Well, Geffen was paying for this. Okay. He said he was going to, he was going to make this rock. I was, okay, I'm going to make the rock album you want. You know, I, you, I you thought that me. was everybody's rocking was his, I'm going to make the rock album. You no, want. what Geff, what Geffen wanted was like another Russ never sleeps or another yeah. harvest of or course. something like that. Cause he was a huge Neil Young fan. And so he thought Neil was going to come in. And when Neil said, I want hundred percent artistic freedom, you know, he thought he was, he was going to do that. Like the last thing he did that was very much like that, I guess was Hawks and Doves after Russ never sleeps. Right, Luke? Because. Yeah. I don't know if Hawks and Doves was like super rock and roll. I guess the second half was. But it was very Neil. like Very Neil. Yeah. You know, that was like a very Neil Young acoustic folky country album. And uh, so I don't know if like he was really trying to make it commercial so he could get some airplay. So Geffen would get off his back, you know, or if, yeah, maybe, like, you know, yeah. It's, and if this was, this kind of stuff was all over the radio at the time, maybe that's exactly what he was trying to do. It yeah. was, I mean, really the, the sound of this album is what mid eighties, yeah. not just rock radio. Look, I mean, all radio sound. That red. makes sense. Cause especially cause you said, he he had tried these songs with Crazy Horse and couldn't make them work, but maybe he could, and he was just like, ah, I gotta I gotta adapt to the times and try and make these fit well, these into this eighties mold where it sounds like everything's gonna Ralph, hit with a pipe. Ralphie Molina said <laughs> at the yeah right. <laughs> Ralph Molina. Everything's recorded at like some power pl- like yeah. abandoned power plant for some reason. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Did you the hear the news? Bing, bing, bing. It was the same place Billy Joel recorded Allentown. 
oh, oh, you know, that whole fucking thing. Oh, we haven't even bothered to deal with Billy Joel Oh, on we got to do Joel on the show. I we have to like... do a lot of his albums. I'm sorry. I'm not... <laughs> well, that's we the thing. Some... It's like, it's so, uh, it's too easy almost. Do we yeah. know anyone from Long Island, though? Because I feel like you can't do a Billy Joel episode if the guest isn't from Long Island. Well, yeah, but everyone from Long Island will shoot you with a nail gun if you uh, make fun of <laughs> Billy Joel. You don't talk about Billy Joel. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm being shot by a nail gun in both oh. eyeballs. Oh. I, you know what? I set you up for that three, one. Baby. I'm, I'm taking half credit. The second it came out of my mouth, I'm like, this is uh. going to happen. And I'm we... fine with it. <laughs> No, I mean this yeah this shit that's the thing is it almost it doesn't fucking matter like we could spend all this time pontificating on whether it was intentional whether it was a mm. you know a commentary whether it was this or whether it was that and it doesn't fucking matter because it's a fucking bad song and it's a fucking hurts, bad yeah. album yeah it hurts to listen to it it's not it's good a, yeah yeah it's a bad news beat redeem it it's a bad <laughs> I mean, at news least he was honest about it yeah fuck dude <laughs> Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, as bad as this album is so far, I'll still take it over any Real Big Fish album. So. Oh, All right, I'm not here defending Real Big Fish. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You know what? I don't fucking like Real Big Fish. I never did. It's fine. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mike, tell him he's wrong. No, I'm not going to defend Scott. Not you, Scott. Mike. My new friend, my real friend, Mike. Hey, tell him Scott, he's wrong. Call me Scott, Mike. <laughs> I'll be new metal, Mike. You be ska, Mike. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get a I hate black it. suit and a tie. And oh, that's amazing. Pants that are too short. <laughs> um, should we listen to Touch the Night? Yeah, yeah. we should listen to Touch no. the Night, and then we'll take a break. We'll take a quick break, a.k.a. so we can pee, and maybe I can eat a slice of pizza, and so we can... So um, I can stick my finger down my throat and get the rest of this album out of my system. <laughs> We're going to have to do this again. You know what? We'll just re Well, if you want to hurt us, you can have us back. <laughs> if you really want to get revenge. Yeah, really repay the favor. Um, no, so you guys seem like nice people. I don't think so. <laughs> it seems terrible to do to someone. <laughs> it's not good it wouldn't be good um okay so we're gonna go on to the next one this one is called touch the night and that's all we're gonna say here we go Swiss a blade on a dying shame alone. I have the same fucking <laughs> note, dude. Sounds exactly like sunglasses at night. Like, or just, there's also yeah. Roxanne in it too. Just leave it to fucking the police. Like, no, you guys, you guys are both wrong. This <laughs> no. song should only be listened to with the with Rocky in Russia lifting uh, big piles of wood. Oh yeah, this is montage music for sure. Or soundtrack for sure. There should be a happy birthday Polly robot, and then you should hear this song and Drago punching a machine. You, you, yeah, you like a hurricane lick in there. No, I didn't catch it. Oh, I didn't catch yeah. it. Yeah, that's the. And you know what? This is the only song in the album that sounds like there's a real band playing. For some reason, this the drums on this particular track sound real. Everything sounds great except for the fake bass and that yep. the the synth during the verses. 
is just so Cagney and Lacey. It's like, it's so bad. Yeah. It, it's, it ruins the, I mean, if he, they took those out, this song might have a chance. As like, much as it is, it's the most organic sounding song. It sounds like a real band. It's also the most cheesy 80s excess, excessive song. And also it's derivative. like very much, it doesn't sound like Neil Young at all. It sounds like fucking Corey Hart. It sounds like, yeah. it sounds like a song that was made by a fake band for a montage, like for a Rocky montage, you know? Yeah. Like an off, music. Yeah. off, off Rocky montage, you know? Yeah. Like, Apollo just died and he's driving his motorcycle and being right. sad and this song yeah. is playing. Right. But it's like not kinda, even Rocky. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it's like a bootleg, like facsimile of Rocky. It's like, it's a, like, this. It's like a, you know, a knockoff from Taiwan. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those exactly. movies they made after Bruce Lee died starring like Bruce Lai. Bruce Lai. <laughs> Like or Bruce Lee those, Jr. Yeah, all those Bruce, Bruce Lee look-alike Jr. movies. Um, the guitar solo is nice, though. Not yeah. Gonna, not going to shit on that guitar solo. But I'm going to shit over the fact that they have a fucking community college a cappella choir fucking singing <laughs> over Ooh, it. Hey, that's, that's the San Francisco Boys Choir. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For crying out loud. You know? you know, the only good thing about this song is the video. I don't know if you guys ever saw the video. No, like, there's oh, a video. Yeah, oh, I it's wish. Very, it's very Human Highway-ish, Luke. It's, uh, it's all right. Uh, uh, Neil's Human Highway movie. It's really kind of silly. I get into that. And he's like this report. Again, here's the reporter theme coming in again. He's a reporter on the theme of this crash on a highway. It pretty much what's the story in the song. There's like a crash on the highway and some guy walks away without getting hurt at all. He escapes death and, and all this stuff. And, but he's a reporter. He's got the microphone. He's got a trench coat on. And he's doing the report that the whole time there's a gospel choir following him around like a Greek chorus doing those those backup vocal parts and it's really it's actually pretty interesting and it's done yeah, in like up. video form not film form so it looks like it's a tv news report and there's bad lighting and stuff and uh it, it's actually pretty good i think the video is pretty interesting and he's always been kind of good at the visual the, at least being interesting in the visual thing but man those synths with the verses are just so they just sink that tune any chance it has of being good at all yeah 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 it's, the, yeah. Ooh, like, yeah. come on. What are we doing here? You don't need that. You're Neil fucking Young. Uh, Calm down. Uh, or like, wake up. I don't know what you need to do. But, so, you know, more Coke again, I guess. Yeah, right? You know? Lack of more cocaine. Coke. Lack of cocaine. You can feel yeah. it on this one. I mean, it's just like the bones of these it's songs, like the, as you mentioned, Luke, I think the bones of these songs, most of them are pretty good besides the bad news beat, which I, I can't excuse. But like, yeah. you know, the bones of the songs are fine, but it's just run through like a Bradley's department store loudspeaker filter. Like it just Ooh, doesn't. And I bought one of those. <laughs> awesome great uh great audio department at bradley's i know right <laughs> and, and over at the caldors oh yeah. don't even get me started on the caldors <laughs> please i i always love to shove in a nice massachusetts uh a defunct massachusetts regionalism but also it does it does give you that like tinny loudspeaker fucking like yeah. you know uh background music vibe and it's just it's not acceptable for fucking neil young or for anyone but especially yeah. not neil young you can't just yeah. do like the police light you know and just be like this is fine or Corey hart light or if Corey there could hart. be such a thing you know? <laughs> yeah Corey hart lighter somehow. Uh, who could it be lighter 
How much You're lighter could it get? transparent at that point. <laughs> the third most relevant quarry of the 80s already, and you've watered them down even more. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's not good. Um, so what do you think we take a little palate cleanser here? A little vape break? A little, uh, okay. little yeah, I gotta make break another, for our sponsors? Um, pumpkin cider and Jameson. What should yeah. I call this? Um, a Shameson? Call it a touch the night. <laughs> a Shameson. A That's it. Nice, yeah. That's a ja right a James O'Lantern. Ja Ooh. A basic James. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basic James. I like that. I think the Shameson is the best. Yeah, Shameson. Yeah, I'm gonna make another you. one of those. So I'm right, good at so the puns. That's what I. That's what I. I am kept around for. Um, all right. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Um, I have to pee. Yeah, I also have to pee. <laughs> I gotta pee. Also, let's talk about Adam and Eve dildos, dildos, oh, dildos. Yeah. the podcast that you're already listening to make it stop and as much as we hate to interrupt it actually felt like a perfect opportunity for us to tell you about this awesome partnership that we have with adamandeve.com when the world is a dumpster fire solve your problems with dildos if you go to adamandeve.com right now you can select any one item for 50 percent off and then adam and eve is going to give you all sorts of awesome bonus free gifts and we love free shit stoppies i mean come on if you enter offer code bad music at checkout you can get 10 tantalizing free gifts a sexy item for him a special gift for her and a third item that we presume is for them and six free spicy movies plus free shipping so honestly literally guys it's not getting any better out there certainly listening to terrible music like this isn't going to help not only will you have a whole new spectrum of dildos to help distract you from the impending doom all around us uh, but you'll also be paying us to continue this torturous tragic experiment uh, where we listen to the worst music ever made adamandeve.com keyword bad music bye heard the theory that the government created rap rock or or created uh like bands like lincoln park because rage was all night soundtrack well because because rage was getting so popular and their anti-government message was uh really starting to like get through to people so the government made lincoln park to really water it down if the government made lincoln park that's the best thing george w bush ever did <laughs> Well, hybrid theory came out in 99. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hey, that was thanks. Clinton. That's the best thing Clinton yeah. ever did. Dude. So yeah. that was <laughs> distraction from the impeachment then. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can already. The, the, the spinoff podcast. The podcast is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're and making the Scodcast about the how Ska is actually great. Yeah. And anybody who makes fun of it is a fucking child. Unless you listen to our Scodcast, which <laughs> that <No>! is welcome <laughs> and better. So it's called the Scatcast. No, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's actually two whole different things. <laughs> they both deal with shit. So. Oh, oh, you're killing it. You're killing it, Luke. Thank All you. Right. Kneeling it. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I quit. Do we have half of a fucking album to go? God Jesus it, Christ. Neil. Let's fucking deal with right, this. Yeah, let's do the let's other. Let's deal with this. Oh my God. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. That wasn't even no, funny. Was it like, wasn't even fine. good. It wasn't even good. I'm fine. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't. All right. So, I got, guys, I got, a, I got a crazy proposition for you right now. Um, okay. Have you heard about people? Oh, my God. <laughs> what have people? you heard... What? That they're on the street. <laughs> People on the street. Where, the, where will they go? Where will they go? Well, Neil Young doesn't know, but he's going to make a whole song about it anyway. So here we go. This is People on the Street. People on the street need a place to go. People on the street need a place to go. It, you um, know that song is so 80s it has fucking shoulder pads <laughs> <laughs> i gotta i gotta say i mean i'm here in 2020 and i'm rocking like at least a c cup shoulder pad on the regular <laughs> a c cup shoulder pad <laughs> oh my god that synth solo like just made me want to make love to kenny g <sighs> needed a kenny g sax solo but see that would be a natural organic instrument and, no it's there's synth horns, which I don't think even as ska fans we can defend. <laughs> no self-respecting ska band would use fake horns. I I can't believe this is Neil Young. Like I can't. Right? Th- it sounds like that when you first hear that uh, that synth horn, it sounds like um, what's that Zeppelin song? All of my love, that kind of like mm, yeah. Um, but then it gets into this weird like instrumental rap beat. Yes. Not instrumental. I'm sorry. Like instrustional. Like instructional. Yeah. Like, my name yeah. is Mike Shu, and I'm That's here exactly to say that I'm ready to rock in I, a cool kind of way. Like it's. I, I literally your hands. wrote that yeah. down. Like yeah. My my I, only note was when does he tell me uh, what his name is and what he's here to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's just crazy. Like. You know, we've gone from Southern man to, hey, I guess people should have homes, maybe. Like, you know, I, like. It's, it's the, the message is a good one. It's no, just there's. On very shitty stationery. There's, there's not even a message. The message is, you know, I uh, guess people should. Yeah, right. Exactly. Nothing signifies solidarity with the common man like fucking synth trumpet, you know? Like, well, this is. And to sh- Neil, this is the music of the streets. Yeah, right. This is what DeBarge was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you sully the name of DeBarge on this fucking podcast? Come in in the middle and do backup vocals anyway. But this is what DeBarge. (laughs) The beat of the rhythm of the synth trumpet. Neil should have traded those mutton chops for a DeBarge mullet and just ran with it. This Jerry curl and asked him to be in the time. That would have been a real fuck you, you know? Right, yeah. If he hired the time as his backing band. That would be amazing. Morris Day? That would be pretty fucking That would be fucking so excellent. That would have been an authentic attempt to do this music as opposed to just like... (laughs) Yeah, right. It's It's All of it's... You know what? It's You know what's hilarious? When we took our break, I went downstairs to get another drink. 
my wife is watching St. Elmo's Fire. Weird. So she's, she's like a big fan of all those 80s movies, you know, which, you know, some of them are really good. Some of them are funny. But I was like in there making a drink and I'm listening to the music. I'm like, it's not very far removed from landing no. in water. You know, no. it's like there's fucking what's her name? Andy McDowell showing up at the gala and Emilio Estevez is watching her through the window and it's you know and, and and so is there anything more offensive than that on some level you know what i mean when you know that like this is something that we run into a lot on the show because we talk about bad music and often we're talking about great artists who put out really terrible music you know and and like i do feel like i judge them more harshly because i know that they're capable of you know something so different and like for somebody who was so well known for like speaking truth to power for like these like songwriting skills that were like you know creating these these universes and these and and you know story this this story that you could you know see yourself as a protagonist in right and like connect with on some deep like visceral level and all of these raw emotions and frustrations and feelings that are un you know uh it's the word that i'm looking for like unprocessed you know what i mean just like mm. authentic and and D like, because if this was just an album by some nobody, we wouldn't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Right. I wouldn't care enough to be like, you know what? This fucking sucks. If but this was this a John Parr album, it'd be amazing. Right. <laughs> but it's Neil Young. Right. But it's Neil Young. So yeah. how do you guys, as as huge Neil Young fans, like feel about that? Like, oh, we like justify it. We justify it with fantasy. So like we you've heard our theory that Neil Young is a time traveling vampire. So the only way to justify this and his voting for Reagan and, and the comments, the anti-gay comments he made were, well, he's time traveling. He created a clone for himself in like this time period. And he had to something must have gone wrong with the clone, like in the Santa Claus three, you know, that that incredible film, the Santa Claus, <laughs> when they have the robot Santa Claus to take care of things yeah. while he's out of the factory. It, it might have yeah. been Santa Claus, too. I get I get them confused. Oh, oh, oh. sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, he, he, I think that's probably the only way I can justify this piece of shit. So. Yeah, this, you know, you're absolutely, Heather, when you described it as someone who's so raw and real, that's what, like, Neil was, that's all he went for in the 70s anyway. You know, he everything he wanted was, he wanted to record it live. He wanted to capture a moment. Yeah. He called it, as a put, like how they, you know, the term cinema verite, he called it sonic verite. You know, he, he would... There was a point where it was just like when he walked in the studio, he would tell the engineer, just start rolling the tape yeah. and don't stop it until we've packed everything up because he's actually captured some really great moments. How can he do something like tonight's the night and Russ never sleeps and, and something so raw and real and especially with Russ never sleeps, you know, that was just like, uh, you know, you use the word visceral. That was just total like angry powerful emotion yeah even the acoustic stuff on it you yeah. know seemed like it was like super powerful and loud and amplified and then he does something like this even like everybody's rocking you know in old ways at least it was like some kind of real live recorded organic sound and this is like just totally it's it's oscar meyer you know <laughs> so so do you think <laughs> it, it, it's, it's totally processed this is like the most processed bologna you could buy. Mm. You know, it, it, it's questionable if it's even meat. 
You know, yeah. it's, it's soil and green. It's people, you know. And he would say that it's really a commentary on the meat industry. That's right, you know, exactly. You don't get to pull well, that. Like that's what no. Gets if me Neil mad. said that, I believe him. Oh no! I, <laughs> I was going to save this to the end, but Neil actually said, you know, late, years later about this album, quote, "Yeah, it's a real piece of crap." <laughs> okay, so he knows that now. Right. I'm wondering though, at the time though, that he was making no. this album, did he think like was he just like fuck it like. Geffen's paying me a million dollars anyway, like, and they just sued me. Fuck them. I'm just going to shit this out. Or did he think, I mean, and this song in particular, I feel does like, he, did he really think he was like tapping into the zeitgeist and like leaving his mark on, on it? I kind of do too. Yeah. I, I think he was, I think he was really shooting for a, a commercially successful album. Yeah. Man. He kind of yeah. did that in the seventies. I don't know, Luke, if you'll agree, cause I know you didn't really like this album, but he kind of did that on comes a time. And then in the Stills Young Band stuff where he tried to make something that yeah. was the sound of that time. I, I'll agree with that because you know? I didn't like Comes a Time that much because that I think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was just trying to like hit whatever. I think he goes through these phases. I think he does it a little bit in the 90s too. But Well, just the whole thing that I think makes Neil Young appealing is the timelessness of what he put out, you know, again, in the beginning of his career of like this stuff that like – it just it like slices through the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like you you listen to Ohio, you know, yeah. and 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 especially in our current context where we have learned nothing, right. we listen to those songs, and it's like that speaks to me. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't speak yeah. to anybody, and I don't feel like it even. Spoke this doesn't to speak Neil. to the people on the streets. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. <laughs> no, I, they I need agree a place with that. to go. What do they need? <laughs> what do they need? <laughs> well. Uh, I, I agree, I agree with that completely, and it's not even just his stuff from the seventies. Like even his his latest album that he put out, well, not the latest album of new music that he put out, Colorado. Like it's still like very powerful and impactful, and there's still like songs, and you could tell with that, like he really wasn't aiming for anything in particular. He just wanted to make an album, and he made it, and it's fucking rocks. Fuck this shit. I uh, hate the song. Let's move on. We got a few right. more. Got a couple here. more. We got hard luck stories. Oh, oh my god. god. We gotta, we gotta this get one is exceptionally more. bad. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Here we go. This is... You know what the, the music to that sounds like eighties mo montage music of yes. like you know the they're setting up for the dance. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> they're putting up the streamers and they're blowing up the balloons and they're making the signs and they're getting ready and putting it, on the makeup and it's all montage eighties. It bum, honestly bum, it sounds bum. like it sounds like a Tim and Eric sketch, like the background yes! of a doesn't it like it? Yes. It, it sounds like something that Nails would record an infomercial over. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's very real. That's very, all of this is, is very true. I, unfortunately, sounds, the, to me, it sounds like, um, you know how they have like royalty free version, like cover songs, uh, like they're almost cover songs, like kids bop. Yeah. Yeah. That's royalty like, free. The, yeah. This is like a royalty free Peter Gabriel. 
Oh, oh okay. my god, yes. Yeah, that's good. Oof. Well, isn't Peter Gabriel Sir Peter Gabriel, so it's extra royalty free? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that one wins. I want to fucking die after that. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, actually. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to tell my grandkids about that one. Maybe you'll like Ska now. Um, nope. No, nope. I won't do that. Okay, all right. I would do well, anything for this podcast, but I won't do that. <laughs> Can I can I can I segue a little bit here? Yes. So I have I have this on vinyl. I know. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Vinyl freak. Yeah. But the back of the album, mm. look, these people all they they're not panicked because even though their plane just landed on water, their faces all look there. It's kind of like what what is this? Which I think is <laughs> sums up this album really well. They've given up. <laughs> so for the listeners, uh, this it's a, a drawing of group of people in a life raft, and they're all. It's a drawing, but they're all turned around and looking at the spectator, at you. They look very confused. Yeah. Like you're on the they're rescue like, copter. Yeah. 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 It's like the choking victim, like, you know, yes. poster where they're just like right. these cadavers. Well, that's, yeah, that's all taken from, it looks like actual instructions that you get on a plane for landing on water. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, I like the name of the album for this album because there's what, a, 10% chance of success or whatever <laughs> when a plane lands on water. That was the big thing about Sully Sullenberger landing that plane in the Hudson was that, you know, 90% of the time it ends in tragedy, mm-hmm. you know? And so maybe, I don't know. Maybe don't that do his, that. Maybe yeah, fucking yeah. fly the plane. I, Can we have I'm, that album called? I'm just going to do it and everybody will probably die. I don't know. There's a 90% chance that this is going to be tragic. You know, maybe maybe that's intentional. I mean, I know I'm a huge Neil apologist, but maybe he's like, I'm going to try this. It's probably going to be garbage. We're probably all going to die. Yeah. But I'm going to try it. Yeah. I don't know. Does that mean he felt like his career needed an emergency landing? Maybe. I mean, think about what he he did before this. He was in, you know, he... He would like, he did, like the country album, the rockabilly album, trans. The, elect- the electronic album. If but if this is if this is the emergency landing, like what was the what was the crash gonna be? <laughs> it like if this is what he pivoted to to not fucking crash. What, what? That's, a, that's a scary. That's a scary question. A, right? It would have been him doing a sky. Album. That's why he time traveled, right? <laughs> exactly. I, no, I agree. <laughs> Like maybe this is the, he he reset the timeline with this album and like there was a much more and an, an unfathomably horrible uh, Neil Young album in the pipeline that he had to change the future to uh, prevent. Well, yeah. there probably was and he'll probably release it sometime soon because that's what he's been doing recently. Like yeah. the guy recorded like four or five albums in the seventies that he just put on the shelf. And yeah. like he's just with Neil Young archives, he's just released like Homegrown was one of them. Yeah, and he like good, good albums. Night. Yeah, and like yeah. really solid like Prince, albums. The, the Prince vaults. Right. Yeah. He has, yeah. so he's kind of like that. He has like tons of stuff that he's never released. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is probably the aftermath of landing on water in there, and it's probably called Bodies in the Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Horrible. Life vests required. Yeah. <laughs> like a drum machine and like Don Johnson doing backup vocals. No. <laughs> Probably yes. Can we talk about the vocals on this song? Can we talk about it? this? Is very Kermit esque. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, and you know he's the golden tenor, and you know that's okay. Like his voice is is very distinct. It's very unique, and it's and it's great. 
But on this song, especially, dude, it's straight Kermit energy. Yeah. Like, it's hardlock stories, hardlock. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, it's like not even a Muppet. It's a Muppet hitting puberty. Right. Like, it's not <laughs> well, cute. The, I will say, I mean, even on his good albums, the line between Kermit and Neil Young is it's sometimes a thin line. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, is that know, too far? Oh, uh-oh, man. I've uh-oh. lost the room. Yeah, I've how, lost do the I, room. how do I end go this on, meeting here? Go on here. tonight's tonight. <laughs> get with me tomorrow morning. Uh, you know. But will you give it to me on this song at least? Yeah, this song. Because yeah, he's, totally. trying to, he's singing differently on this song. He's trying to sing this like high. Yeah, he's, it's almost like he's trying to emulate. I don't know. It sounds like Cindy Lauper. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to insult Cindy Lauper like that. Well, she Cindy had Lauper range, was, man. She had range, and she was yes. a fucking visionary. Yeah, she's so unusual. It's a great album. She it bop. It's a we bop. Album. All the way through. Um, mm. So I hate to say that, but it kind Wait, of Wait, better than the Goonies song? Hi, 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 I don't know. That song slaps. I don't care what I you say. I fucking love song, that song. That song Thank rules. That, I love right? that fucking song. Uh, and also the version of that song like... from the Goonies NES game soundtrack, also great. <laughs> Dude, that game fucking kicks ass. Wow. Oh, yeah. Also, the uh, another NES game that no one talks about is the Friday the 13th game, also rules. Yep. Where Jason's in like a jumpsuit and he just comes out of nowhere and just slashes the shit out of you. It's hard. It's a hard game. Yeah. We better stop this conversation now. We or we're have to. Go I know. I'm seeing. I'm just right. seeing. Yeah, no, we've got a problem. <laughs> and and we, so does Neil. Oh, oh that's what a, a segue. segue. I'm here to do segues and talk about you. I actually like that tune. Yeah. And the only reason I like yeah. it is because he's totally ripping off the song, The Unheard Music by X. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's about X true. is they're going to give it to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us started, dude. We are fucking massive DMX fans. Yeah, yeah you got to be a rough rider. I know how it is. Oh. Jesus. First, you got to... <laughs> I'm not doing that. What are, what are you going to do first, Luke? Come on, get you a stop. copy of Los Angeles. What are you going to do next? I'm going to drop. <laughs> stop. We were talking about that. What are you going to do after that? I'm going to shut him down and open, open up, up shop. shop. Anyway, uh, uh, Scott, Mike, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that this, uh, this song is, is pretty good. Mm. I, like I think yeah. I think it sounds like something off the the first White Stripes album, the like pre oh. pre fame White Stripes. Okay, um, but it, even like not just I'm gonna go a step further and say I like this song and I like the next two songs in the album. Really, I, I think he closes this album on a totally different vibe from the rest of the album, and I think it's a vibe he should have gone with the whole time, which is like Neil Young's take on post punk. Mm. Yeah, Neil Young's take on what was alternative at that time in the mid '80s. Yeah, yeah, 
And you know what? The, the de- in the next tune, I, there's definitely a Devo influence in the next tune, and that's mm. you know he's worked with those guys, and he has. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, in fact, the latest uh, episode of Long May You Young has a Mark Mothersbaugh interview. That oh, that's did. right. What? With, uh, the, the, the brain. Oh, I was gonna say, did you talk to Mark Mothersbaugh? <laughs> yeah, we did actually. You did, did? personally, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. rules. Are you that's fucking the serious? Episode of Long May You Young. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Do you know if he has any shit. albums Is he that doing he thinks okay? suck and you might want to come talk about them? Oh, my God. No, <laughs> let's start with, didn't he get COVID? Is he all right? He he's yeah. better, but he said he doesn't recommend it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a second. You fucking talked to Mark Mothersbaugh? That is, like, one of my yeah. heroes. Oh, I, really? Oh, listen to the latest Long May You Young. Yeah. We're going to absolutely Absolutely. Do that. Christ. Yeah. We weren't going to listen to he it is. for you guys. Yeah, but. we weren't going to, but now we are. <laughs> also, don't get your expectations up off this one episode because there's not an, a lot of rambling, and that's mostly what our normal episodes are. So. <laughs> right. Oh, we don't know anything about that. Yeah, no. Not this representative. Is two of, hours and 45 minutes in, so. <laughs> We're doing great. We spent um, three hours on On the Beach. So. Yeah, we did. I mean, hey, that album, fuck, that's probably my favorite Neil Young album. That that's a rule. good oh, wow. fucking album. Yeah. I wish Russ was here to see that or I hear know. that. Yeah, that was his yeah. favorite. Dude, Mark Motherspot. That- yeah. So, yeah, so there's, you, you, now also you take that into consideration. Neil loved Devo. I like love he, that. he thought he always yeah. called them true originals. That's like they a were. quote. Yeah, and they were. They, they are. Nothing, you know, people tried to emulate them and failed miserably. Nope. And, so you got to take that influence into Except this. Except for Weird album. Al, who did an amazing job. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. To the well, point where Mark Mothersbaugh was offended. It was like, please don't right. continue to do that because you sound, <laughs> this is a better Devo song than I could have put out. Right. <laughs> literally what he said yeah he said i hated him for it i, I hated him for it because it's oh, a wow. great song <laughs> this yeah this one i i actually like this tune and again like kind of like touch the night the band actually sounds real the drums actually sound more real than the rest of the yeah album. my my yeah. one complaint about this song and it's not even a complaint because this happens but the the melody of the what he's singing it's just uh it's just pocahontas I got really? a problem. Yeah. Aurora Borealis. If you listen to it and listen to Pocahontas, it's kind of oh, shit, Luke. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move on though. Let's right. we only got a couple left. Let's move on to pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh the penultimate track. Should we just do the last two back to back? Pressure and Drifter? Yeah. Do let's em. just fucking do it. Let's Pressure let's, and let's, Drifter. Let's knock it out. So here we go. hate that i really i kind of like that now yeah i i kind of do too yeah Yeah. it's just more it's more organic sounding than everything else you know it's just it has like it has a focus yeah yeah like his voice works with that and it's kind of it's it's like this 80s new wave rock sound but it's like it's not as 80s mainstream radio as the rest of the fucking album you know what i mean like yeah it's the Devo super- comparison you drew, I, I hear that for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I I will say that, yeah, it is. It's like one of the better of like this genre of music. But I feel like, unfortunately, like Neil Young is kind of expendable on this. Like, I don't necessarily think that this is a Neil Young song in the sense that like, 
you know, any of these songs really are. But like, I, I think you're right that like the compos- composition wise, it's better, but it doesn't require Neil Young to be a good song. Like this could be sung by anyone. And I, I don't, I don't know. know. I like what he does on it. I, I, I like, I like what he does in the hook, you know, vocally. I, I, I think, I think Neil, you can't count out Neil on this track. I don't know. I disagree, I guess. No, I think, I think I know what you're saying. I feel like it's, it's just a little bit too, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the words to generic <laughs> Yeah, or, or um, not even generic. It's like a little bit more and it would be almost like it would feel a little, uh, what's the word? I'm not, I don't know words. I'm not smart. Words hard. <laughs> Me not smart. <laughs> um, not, not, uh, not patronizing, but like, uh, oh, I like, don't know. Um, Perform. Uh, Performative, maybe, oh, like, no. yeah, something like that. Where it's, uh, where uh, to me, He's this playing is, a part, playing, this about playing a part, something time. like that. Where yeah. it's not, it's not. Oh, like disingenuous. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not yes. really, yeah, 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 yeah. One contrived, contrived, disingenuous. Yeah. I think, yeah, but it's and it's it's not. I don't think it is, but it it's almost like a little too fit fit in a hole or something. See, I I think this is like an actually a. F- more focus than all the other tunes it actually kind of reminds me of the police yes yes a little bit mm-hmm. it has that thing to it i you know so i, I kind of like this tune i think this is i don't know i think it's pretty good and i know what you're saying about like it doesn't have to be neil young to be a good tune and i'm trying to think of other vocalists singing it like maybe sting you know or or mark mothersbaugh or something like that but this but, is yeah. How does this? How is this different from "Touch the Night," which we said sounded like Corey Hart? It sounded because to me like the, the police. Like Corey Hart. Sound like Corey. But it, Hart. I right. thought That's it sounded thing. like the police too. I thought it sounded like a. It could have been Roxanne with the. Uh, yeah, like it really could have. I'm sorry. I don't know about. Yeah, I don't know if "Touch the Night" sounds like the police. It does. It doesn't because this song sounds. No, the verses do. Yeah. Okay. Net, net, net. Yeah, that's the yeah. part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't I know. Think so it's just more this... focused than Touch the Night is because it has that like kind of bombastic opening during the verses and yeah. not the verses but the chorus and stuff, you know. And um, but to me, this is like a just a, it's like a good solid kind of like, you know, you could throw it in there with what was going on at the time with Blondie. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't think it's anything near as good as, you know, some of Blondie's hits, but yeah, it has that kind of same vibe to it. You know, that power pop kind of slash kind of thing going on. And I love power pop. Like that's the thing is I, I I do agree that I think this song is better than probably most of them on the album, but like, and it's definitely the only song that it sounds like he's like saying something that isn't a petty diss at a former collaborator. Um, So I'll give him that, (laughs) you know, he's talking about like, you know, he's really talking about, about this 80s excess and this obsession with like wealth and like money at all costs and like you know too much trying yeah. to get your money's worth too much dying the eldorado the mercedes-benz the job security that never ends um you know uh, a funny thing happened yesterday i felt the pressure in a tv way i don't know how i feel about that lyric like what is that 
<laughs> really? In a TV way. In a TV way? Like, yeah. like, I get what he's going for, right? He's like talking about, again, like these, this 80s excess. He mentions Max Headroom. He mentions yes, this like right? living in a simulation and we're all yeah. just like, you know, clinging to these like vestiges of capitalism. But he doesn't actually say that really effectively. He just kind of like dances around it and uses, yeah, this like Devo police kind of beat to like distract you from that even though like it is probably the song where he's saying the most besides hippie dream and that is saying a lot or a little i don't know i don't know like it's definitely not terrible maybe it's because if you put it up if you present it with the rest of the songs on this album it's just not hard to (laughs) to make a case for it so bad this is like oh at least this is kind of good yeah right you're right yeah at least this almost sounds like a good band that i want to like it's it's a pretty good tune even though the bass is fake which they're still it's still off a little bit like it's something's off about it like i i think like you know i gravitate more towards this than the other songs because like i like post-punk like it's any anyone doing this kind of music i'm gonna give them a pass but it does it still doesn't really sound like something neil young's comfortable doing it doesn't really sound like his lane yeah so when he puts um, out his new metal album, right? Fully he's going to do the new metal thing. <laughs> he's going to be that. the right. vanguard of the new metal revival. He's going to restart the right. whole thing. Well, he was the godfather of grunge. That's true. That's right? true. You know? That is and true. So he the distortion. The, he, Can we actually talk about that though? Really quickly, can we? I'm sorry. Can we just yeah. talk about the fact that like Neil Young is like known before above anything else? I think like so. We talked about the vocals. We talked about the storytelling. The fucking guitar, like he fucking yeah. shreds. Right. And on yes. this album, there is zero shredding. Yeah, there's so there's little, no so fucking little fucking guitar, guitar. except for yeah. maybe on the next song. Maybe, yeah. Like we finally get a fucking like epic guitar right. solo on the last song of the goddamn album. That's I mean, he sh- he offensive. shreds on hippie dreams though. He shredded yeah. on hippie dreams. A he shredded bit, on yeah. uh on the on there. Be because the night or whatever that song's called. Touch the night. Touch the night. <laughs> touch the night. That was. Uh, Did you ask the night if it wanted to be touched, <laughs> yeah, Neil? That's, true. that's what I want to know. You get consent, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> not. Um, um. But overall, I mean, there's a distinct lack of of riffs yeah, on this yeah. fucking album. Yeah, and no, it's, it's agreed. Yeah, it's produced by a guitar, pl- like a session guitar player. Danny Korchmar is like known for being a session guitar man. Neil Young is known as being. A phenomenal, very distinctive guitar player. Incredible. Yeah. That's what sets him apart. Yeah, exactly. And you're absolutely right. It's a it's just like that's another crime of this album. Yeah. Is that he and you know, he could have that's probably what could have saved this album if he kind of let it rip a little more. Mm -hmm. But he was so, you know, if you read about this album, he's so concerned about the drum sound on this album. Like and he's Steve, also so Steve concerned. Jordan said he broke tons, like dozens and dozens of sticks because Neil wanted him to play harder and harder, which didn't really matter in the end because he sent it all through a sampler. Yeah. You know, so he could have <laughs> just again, manipulated it to make it sound louder, like Frida's fucking something going on, which was a big hit at the time, or you know, any <laughs> Phil Collins tune. It's know? wild for me to hear that he was like directing his band to play a certain way, though, because it just... that doesn't come through on the like the intent and focus that apparently was going on in these sessions does not come through on on the album the passion i can't hear it you know Uh, 
could could all those things be the reason for this album though like his would you say his producer was a guitar guy neil's a guitar guy but maybe at by this point he's like yes i've done that for almost two decades i've been the guitar guy i want to try something new Dude, i think for sure that's a factor in it i think absolutely but but also fuck you (laughs) also what the fuck is the point you're trying to prove you know the what the thing that i'm most known for and most good at i'm gonna just not do it and then like you know fuck you if you don't like it that's that was that's kind of the story of Neil Young. As I hate it several times. Like when Harvest came out, it was yeah. a big hit. Oh, you want more Harvest? Here, take this fucking live album that sounds like you know the the birth of grunge. You know, yeah. You know, you you oh you like this? Well, the next album's not going to sound anything like this. That's yeah. Neil. Rust never sleeps, and then he came out with Hawks and Doves, which was like he was whispering into the yeah. mic, and it was just like he was loves great. doing that. He loves keeping you on your toes. You, you know, know I'm not apologizing for this album because it really does suck. <laughs> but that's like kind of Neil Young's thing. But yeah, that anyone like, can be a troll. And that's the thing that pisses me off about this is that this is a fucking talented individual that is mm-hmm. undeniable. So when you're trolling us, what you're doing is negating your talent. And that's not trolling anybody but your fucking self, Neil. I'm sorry. When you take out, like, that's, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is he trolling himself, really? I feel like he fucking is, dude. At a certain point, if you know what is your fundamental, like, bread and butter, what's the foundation of what makes you unique and what makes you special and what has made you critically acclaimed, and you decide to say, you know what? Fuck all of that. Yeah, but I... Fuck you. I think That's the not thing- fuck you isn't a statement at, at the end of like, it's not the end of a sentence. Like, but I think that's what made him critically acclaimed was that attitude that yeah. like, that fuck you. I won't do what you tell me that Neil new metal, Neil not rock and not new metal, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's no, any- that's, that's new metal, Neil right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a big swing at, you know, something different, you know, especially if you're an artist who's been doing it as it long as he It doesn't seem like he's committed to this, this one. Point. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. yeah. He committed that later on. He was, you know, I, I, I like, have it here somewhere. Fuck you. Crap. Oh, he was like, if I was going to give someone one of my records, this wouldn't be the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a direct quote from Neil Young about I love how he puts water. things. But that's, that's such a I'm great wondering. way to put that. <laughs> Because it's so hard to try to situate this in his, you know, in his um, discography and also in his like, like personality, like it's really hard to situate it. If you know, you have all these competing explanations for why this happened, where on one hand, it was fuck you, David Geffen. And on the other hand, this is a piece of trash. And I admit it. Like, I don't know. He couldn't commit to any to either or nothing of, of, of anything on this album. It's just it's confusing. It's a confusing record. I, I don't know what, what purpose it serves. It. Well, that's, yeah. you know, and I, I'm not like making excuses for this record, but yes, you are. Neil, no, this is what we talk about this all the time. Luke. Neil Young loves to confuse people. Yeah, he really does. He enjoys, you know, if he was listening to this right now, he'd be sitting back with popcorn and just being like, this is fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, mission accomplished, Neil. You did. Yeah, you got you know, oh, Neil it. will never listen to this podcast. <laughs> Let's That'd be not, great. I hope he does. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. If he does, well, I'd love to talk to you, Neil. Young. Come when on out. On, when he's on our podcast, we'll say, well, you know, Heather and Mike's. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm gonna lie and say that he, you forced us to say all these bad things right. and that landing on water was a masterpiece you promised us pizza and so we said whatever we could <laughs> we did it for pizza we took some honey slides did That's some coke honey slides and did an eight ball. <laughs> i gotta try some i gotta try a honey slide what's someday. a honey slide good. well if you listen to on the beach you'll hear what a honey slide is <laughs> Was it on the beach for that? Yeah, that it was, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, a guy he worked with on on the beach, Rusty Kershaw, his wife would make, he would, oh, she would take buds of weed and fry them in, in honey in a nice. pan until everything turned black. Okay, cool. And then she'd, it was kind of like how you make a, uh, an oil or a butter now mm -hmm. for, with cannabis, but she would do that and then filter it all through. So it would be this black tar kind of concoction. And what cool. they do is take, spoonfuls of it and it would basically render you useless great <laughs> i mean there were people passing out during the session and that's what was one of the main influences of on the beach and why i would be the thrilled way to be that's completely great. suspended Dude, love... in honeyweed at this moment in time like fucking all the best albums are recorded in a fucking haze like that like you got the honey what is it again honey honey slides honey yeah. slide haze of on the beach you got the cocaine psychosis of station station Oh, uh, yes, that's that's how magic is made. Yeah, you, heroin uh, hinge of uh, exile on Main Street. There you go. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, you got absolutely. the the Fago and rum that right. made all the Riddle Box albums <laughs> exactly. possible. Exactly. Yeah, grape Fago, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, we wouldn't have the great Malenko without a. Uh, Without Southern <laughs> Comfort and Mountain Dew, I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. I'm fucking done. I'm done. All right. Did uh, we finish with the last song? Did we? No, just, we, we forgot to have another forgot song. Forgot about the last song. song. Um, Let's just, Drifter. Does, I Drifter, just, my favorite song on the album. Okay. Really? Okay. I feel it. There's some what, cool guitar shit uh, on this yes, song. I agree. All of it's ruined by those fucking shitty synths. Ah, <laughs> yep. I don't know if I agree. They don't take really? me out of it. This, oh, see, yeah, this, this totally isn't my favorite song on this album, but it's the most Neil Young song to me. Literally. Absolutely. Well, yeah. everything we just talked about for like the last 10 minutes, it's all in this song. You know, I'm a yeah. drifter. If you try to tie me down, well, what's the line? I wrote it down here. Yeah. I stay until you try to tie me down. You know, it, it's all, it's really everything we just talked about, about Neil. It, it's it's yeah. him explaining, like, you try to figure me out, go ahead, but you're going to fail. Yeah. And if not, I'm going to make sure you fail. Yeah. Like he did with yeah. this album. <laughs> he failed. Everybody failed with this album. You know, so it's like, the lyrics to me are really great, but man, the music just blows. Just, I, I think I disagree. I think yeah, I disagree too. Yeah, I think I I, want I new metal Mike. <laughs> Actually, new metal Mike. Why don't you take this one? <laughs> yeah, go no, ahead. No, I mean I I think it's got uh it's got this like queasiness, this like uncomfortableness mm -hmm. of like that you get with like a gang of four or something. You know, it, it's off kilter. Wow, it's got really? the way even just the way he plays the lead guitar and the verses that like yeah 
the really clipped the tension. Uh, the, the yeah, tension. it's it's got that tension. Yeah. It's got a it's got a real feeling to it. It feels like there's intent intention behind the song. It feels like he like he's actually he's giving you something with meaning here. As a like the rest of the album just it, it just feels uh, insincere. I think co- compared to Drifter, like Drifter. You you mentioned that it's it sounds like a real Neil Young song, and I think it's because it it sounds like a fucking like a sincere song. Yeah, a real person would write. Yeah, this this to me is the only song on this album that sounds like a Neil Young song to me. I all the other ones, and again, like even Hippie Dream, which I I don't hate, and I kind of like like yeah, his riffs are him, but the production of the song, the way he put it together, it still doesn't that weird cartoony bass that he throws in all these songs. This, this one to me lacks a lot of that. And I don't even hate the kind of like organ ish synthy things that he does. I, I think it carries it well. I don't know. It's just I, funny though. I, do, I do think the fake bass is still a bummer on the song, but that's yeah, the only real mark against it. For and me. Is yeah. there, do I detect a synth harmonica on this? No, one? is there? Boy, that it sounds like there could be, dude. I'm sorry. That would be the final. That would be like the torn. The kneel in the coffin, so to speak. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Torn scrotum. Right now, that was fucking perfect. The kneel in the coffin. That would be the kneel in the coffin. I'm just saying, give me an album full of cuts that sound like Drifter, and you know, maybe this, because I think that he could have accomplished what he was going for if he just had a better bullshit detector you know just just realized how bad the other song sucked yeah he has, he has bullshit detectors but they weren't present during these sessions he he has people that he likes to keep around him like one of them i mentioned earlier david briggs you know yeah. that guy was his bullshit detector there's another guy named uh tim mulligan who was like a longtime engineer with him he was a guy that wasn't afraid to tell neil when he sucked you know, and this Nico Bolas, who worked on this album, later became a bullshit detector. You know, a little late for this album, yeah. but he, Neil really liked him because of that attitude. He wasn't afraid to tell Neil what worked and what didn't work. And regardless of, regardless, of, that's not a word, is it? It's in in Massachusetts, it is. <laughs> irregardless whether he used it on the fucking album or not, um, you know he. So like he had those he had those people around him, but he he kept them away for this album. Yeah, you know. So I that's what makes well, me and I bet he's trying to make that commercial album. You know, these people would steer him in the wrong direction, or what he was going for. He he was he was holding on to that troll energy and trying to and and to be honest, if I'm going to psychoanalyze this, I think he wasn't and he he was both trying hard and trying not to try like he was like working against himself like on every like element of this where he was like okay like i i'm gonna make a commercially viable album but also fuck it you know like i don't i'm I'm not i don't need to make a commercially viable album i'm fucking neil (laughs) young you know what i mean and so it just gets this it just becomes this very like disjointed very contradictory very honestly like hypocritical album like taken as a whole um in my mind, like it just doesn't. Right. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right because this is everything like he's ever crusaded against, and we said right. that about you know that Stills Young album. Yeah. You know, it's like he hated the whole Laurel Canyon sound. He hated that whole smooth '70s rock FM sound. Yeah. You know all that shit, 
And then he made an album like that with Stephen Stills. And it was horrible, you know? And it's like, well, why did he do this? Right. Yeah. You know, and same and thing. With it. He was a guy who like wanted everything to be raw and live. Like you mentioned earlier, he wanted something to be like, you know, in that moment. So why did he fucking, why did he fucking do this? It's almost like it's he so was con- I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's because 1986 this- was a cursed year. Yeah. It started yeah, with the Challenger true. exploding. Yep. And halfway through you got this piece of shit and then it ended with the Karate Kid Part 2. It was just a garbage <laughs> year. No, that's true. Karate Kid 2 sucked. You're right. Yeah. You're right. terrible. You know Just what? Saying. You're right about no, everything right. except Scott. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right. So we here we are. We're at the end of the show. Uh, God help us all. Um, and the last thing that we have to do before we end this fucking now three-hour ordeal. But Is who's play counting? a Save Ferris song? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Save Ferris. Okay, Look, anyway. We can't talk about Scott anymore. That's been it. half the episode, for God's okay, sake. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just like a Long May You Young episode. We spend like really half is. the time talking about the album and half the time talking about Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So at the end of the show, what we do is we look back retrospectively on the album and we rate it on a scale of zero to negative five because this is a podcast where we discuss <laughs> terrible music and it's zero to negative five. It's not like positive. Uh, yeah. It's not good. So zero is true neutral. It's like it washes over you. Like you don't okay. think about it. Um, negative five is like the fucking worst of the worst. So chaotic neutral. Okay. Oh, chaotic, <laughs> chaotic evil. Neutral. Like really, really, really like broken side. Okay. I mean, broken side is like beyond it. It's like negative whatever. 7,000, I think is what we initially put it. Okay. At. But, um, but yeah, so we do zero to negative five of some quantifier and you as our guests get to decide the quantifier so you know it could be zero to negative five synth trumpets for example or whatever (laughs) you feel is relevant and you guys get to uh start whoever wants to start whoever feels brave and wants to rate the album first um and give us a quantifier all right luke's point i think luke's pointing at me it's zoom so it could be really pointing at anyone (laughs) true Um, but I guess that's me. <laughs> He's pointing at you, the listener. Nah, um, uh, Mike. Uh, well, I have to say that I'd give it a negative five keytars, but um, I got a problem saves it, so I give it a negative four keytars. Okay. All right. Huh. Okay. And I say keytars because you know that's what they got to be using on that fucking shitty solo what was that tune hard luck stories oh Maybe. yeah no. bad, bad news, news beat. Beat. People on the street. either or people on the street. Yeah. whatever yeah either or all of the above yeah so negative four negative four yeah. okay yeah. i think okay. i got a problem kind of saves it from a negative five okay yeah. I mean, negative five is, I'm telling you, we, we, this is season four, guys. So we've listened to some terrible yeah. shit. So. What did you give music for another dimension? Uh, I think I gave that a negative four at least. Wow. I think I was made really, nicer to it. I really hated that album a lot. Yeah. Boy, that's usually I'm little... meaner, but I think in that case, I was a little nicer, but it doesn't matter. Luke, Luke. So go ahead. As a songwriter myself, I'm going to go with the writing of the album. <laughs> uh, no, if I'm going to go with the, um, like, the, the lyrics, uh, I'm not going to be as mean as Ska Mike, but I will, I will say it's probably a negative, a negative 2.5 lyrically for me. 
there's just some real shit lyrics on this album. There's some good lyrics, but it's got some bad news beat, touch the night. Uh, what are the good lyrics, Luke? Hippie Dreams got some nice, uh, okay. nice nods, and I'll say Drifter. I think okay, two. Two and out of ten. I just say People on the Street has the line. There's a muffled scream from the alley scene. From the alley scene comes a muffled scream. <laughs> a fine negative two point seven. Okay. Pitchfork, a pitchfork decimal. Weight of the world. Weight of the world. Lyrically, I don't hate. I feel like weight of the world done differently might not even be a terrible song. Um, all right. Weight of the world. Don't let Heather shame world. you into changing. No, yeah, I'm gonna say she does this all negative, the time. A negative two point five for me. Why don't you guys just run off and start your own podcast? Oh, we've, been te- we've been texting going on to. the side. It's called yeah. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's ours is called the podcast. I, I literally just texted him a logo Get for the ours. Fuck? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> looks sick, right? That looks dope. It's like Luke is good like that, man. I mentioned that doing a Neil Young podcast. He had a logo in fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy skanking in a pile of dog shit <laughs> anyway uh i think uh you know looking back i did i liked the last two songs um i liked uh i thought hippie dream was okay and the the third to last song was okay but the other songs were bad enough to for me to still give the album a negative three and a half uh guitars. wow very yeah. generous you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the worst that music has to offer. Yeah. And know, just placing this in the canon, the make it stop canon, I think it falls, for me, it falls firmly in the three, the negative three and a half range. Um, is it, can I ask New Metal Mike, is it up there <laughs> with the Limp Biscuit cover of Behind Blue Eyes? Um, is it a masterpiece? Uh <laughs> No, Nobody no. knows what that's like. <laughs> no, the, the Behind Blue Eyes cover is not uh, one of Limp Bizkit's finer moments. I, I will, I will admit, not even their finest cover. Not even their, not even close to their oh, finest cover. Yeah, now, Faith—that's another story. Yeah, that is another story. Anyway, Heather, what do you think of this album? I don't know. I don't know. On a there scale were... of zero to Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger, not they were more than a ska band, asshole. Okay. They were a soundtrack to Tony Hawk Pro Skater, all right? They're, they're a fucking good band. Fuck sorry. You. I'm so sorry. That's the last one, I promise. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I can't argue with it. Um, I don't know. I think that, yeah, probably I liked maybe two out of ten songs on this album, so that would make it, like, you know, like 20%, a.k.a. like a negative four. For doing okay. math. Um, what but, were your two? Can I ask? What were your two? Uh, definitely Hippie Dream. And I guess you're right. Drifter at the end okay. was probably, although I, at that point I was really bored. So, yeah. like, it was um, a long song. It was really long. Yeah. So, it wasn't great. Um, but it's it's not it's definitely not terrible and um and we've listened to like far worse so um yeah I guess and that's the thing is I always go back and forth on this is do we judge people who are capable of much better art more harshly and oh, in my okay. mind I do like I actually do yeah. when you when you know that you're capable of so much more I I want to hold you accountable to that you know on some level but i i i do think what'd you do a negative 3.5 i feel like yeah. that feels right to me um a negative 3.5 it's not um you know it didn't hurt 
to listen to. And that okay. is actually a big thing on the show because there are definitely episodes that I have to like take breaks for days because I just have to like process, like I, I don't know how to process the, the, the onslaught of, 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 you know, musical monstrosity that I've had to sift through. So this is not, not everyone can, not everyone can write an Ascension millennium. <laughs> I had to take a break after every fucking song on that album. I almost. did. Yeah, that was. And also, I will give I love the, that album. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, we want to thank our incredible guests, uh, Mike, Ska Mike Shoe, that's his full <laughs> name, and Luke, my mortal enemy, Condon, for being on the show today. Uh, we are so grateful. Tell everybody all the beautiful stoppies out there. Um, where they can find your show and anything else that you want to plug, you know, go well, for it. Uh, yeah, our, uh, our podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network is Long May You Young. If you really want to dive deep into Neil Young, we're going to be covering this album in a few episodes. And, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, but still, th um, thanks for having us. Yeah, really absolutely. And while you have stoppies, we have youngsters. Yes, we do. Not, which is That's not way better. <laughs> That's very. That's, that's yeah. you didn't go with youngins. Youngins. Oh, we, that was brought up. It was yeah, brought up. Kneelers, kneelers, but that's <laughs> kneelers. um, that's rather Catholic, so we kind of skipped over that. Or um, so <laughs> sexy. <laughs> uh, well, sexy something Catholic. we learned in the very first episode of the Long May You Young yeah. podcast from a Warner Brothers Records advertisement in the Village Voice for his first solo album. One of the word, one of the lines was literally Neil Young is not sexy yeah <laughs> he's not <laughs> let he's it be not. known folks way, he to is. way to sell it so but yeah uh listen to uh, long may you young and uh you know check out the mark mothersbaugh from devo interview which is up there now and then next I week I, that. is that oh. the uh, is that the uh, two dudes one king it might over? be i don't know yeah we we got to talk about it because i really want to okay. do hawks and doves okay yeah. I can tell. You've yeah. <laughs> a lot to talk about. Foaming at the yeah. mouth. But yeah, listen to our podcast. And then uh, I'm also in a band called Town Meeting. We just had an album come out called Make Things Better. I like it. It's pretty good. Oh, Mike's got it right cool. there. Nice. What kind yeah. of music is it? Uh, uh, new metal. Um, <laughs> new ska. Uh, I don't know. We, we started off more of this album. Yes. We started off very folky and like maybe a little bit country and we've morphed into, I don't even know what. Um, well, I, I always, I always like to do uh, Avet brothers, Wilco. Yeah. Young, maybe a little Lumineers. Cool. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then this like album, that. maybe a little bit more, a little bit harder stuff. I don't know. I cool. don't know. Check it out. You, you yeah. might like it. You really might good. not. I love maybe, it. Maybe you'll hate it and then you'll, we'll do an episode yeah, it'll, on it'll make on your podcast. Album, <laughs> which I would be totally cool with. <laughs> Come back as a guest. Defend yourself. No, I'm I'm sure it's wonderful. Check out oh, yeah. check out Town Meeting. Check out uh, the Long May You Young podcast. Um, thank you guys so much again. Thank you. This was a blast. Three and a half hours again, but who's counting with us? <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to edit this. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> So great. And uh, you can find our shit at makeitstoppodcast.com until I stop 
paying to renew the Wix site because it's gotten too expensive. Um, and uh, you can definitely just find us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify and, you know, Apple Podcasts, etc. We always appreciate reviews. We always appreciate emails and, and uh, messages on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Make It Stop Cast, um, Make It Stop Podcast at gmail.com. We really fucking appreciate you stoppies. We love getting uh, fan mail and suggestions and a lot of your stuff um, is actually shaping this season more than you know. So stay tuned for that. Um, check out the other shows on the Pantheon Podcast Network. And mm. uh, yeah, we'll see you fucking next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.